Get your toe. Believe me. There are ways, dude. You don't want to know about it. Believe me. Until I get your toe by 3 o'clock this afternoon with the applause. I'm going to get my chair. anything oh good because <laughs> i just queefed big time diamonds are forever they won't leave in the night i've no fear that they might me. Diamonds are forever, forever. what up Welcome back to Uncle Rod's Story Corner, episode 8. Big show for you today. Fun show for you today. We got a certified USPS letter carrier on the show. And a down south boy now living in the Midwest. So let's get ready to have some fun. Hope you're having a good week. Have you been watching sports? Is your favorite sports team still playing or they shut down because COVID? Because all the players out there bleeding each other's mouths and coughing on each other and sweating each other's eyeballs. It's just ridiculous. But I will say I was super excited to see uh, LSU go down in their opening game against the Pirates. Mike Leach, shout out to Mississippi State, man. I'm, I always... I always pull for the underdog as long as they're not playing one of my teams. And I like to see a good upset. Uh, shout out to the, to guess my first episode, Brandon Bibbins. He hates my love of the underdog and underdogs in general. <laughs> anyway, man, let's uh, let's get into it. Folks, welcome back to Uncle Rod's Story Corner. We're going to kick this thing on off with the Norm Report with an extremely special guest. Very prudent in these times to talk to the man I'm about to speak with today because he works for the post office that they are currently under attack and we're not taking that shit. Please welcome Guy Frizzell to the show. Frizzy! Thank you, thank you. What's going down, man? You know, just delivering mail, giving you make sure you get that Amazon. You gotta make sure I get that Amazon because I I I can't lie. I have uh, been a part of the reason Jeff Bezos has made more money in seven months than most people have made in a thousand years. Me too. Me I too. cannot stop Amazon and shit. No, no, I do it. I mean. I'm my own mailman. So <laughs> I'm just like shit. This is easy for me. I just you know I'll take it home. 
<laughs> like, is this like I'm going to the store, I pick it up at work, and just take it home? <laughs> I look at it like I'm not just keeping him in business, I'm keeping me in business too. That's right, one hand washes the other. Yeah. Especially these days for at least 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 20 seconds. That's all I need is 20 seconds. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I've seen more Amazon boxes since March of this year than I had seen the entire time Amazon had been open. <laughs> That's all we do, man. We're more Amazon than anything. Like, <clears throat> that guy's coming back in the middle of the day for more Amazon that arrives. It's just like. That's all we do is like, it's probably more Amazon than it is like post office. It would be 50-50. And <laughs> then like, you know, you got your targets and stuff like that. But it's, it's mostly Amazon and big shit, man. Fuck, everybody's just getting dog food and <laughs> like, it's basically, I'm like a bag boy, you know, or um, yeah. I'm just, I just bring it to their house now. Yeah, because it's hard. It's hard to go shopping now, just because you know stuff like dog food. Like that's that's something you pick up when you just happen to be out, and you're like, yes. okay, well, I need to get some dog food, and then I'll check around Walmart or whatnot for some other things. But now you go to the grocery store, you know, at specific times now every couple weeks, and you're never out anymore. So you. <laughs> So, just like them, that's what I do, you know? You sit around like, fuck, I need some dog food. I'm not going to the store for another two weeks. Fuck it, Amazon. <laughs> like, just... Yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. I mean, I'm just bringing in dog food. <laughs> like, whatever whatever the heaviest thing you can imagine, that's what I'm going to bring. You can eat your bottles of water, <laughs> your, your boxes of detergent, you know? I'm bringing I'm cat litter, like literally cat litter. <laughs> so, but, you're getting a full workout now, for real. <laughs> Dude, really, and going up all these steps and shit, like, <laughs> these apartments, and before COVID, I could just drop all the packages off at the front office. Yeah. Now, they don't want us to do that, so I'm going to take plugging <laughs> shit upstairs, downstairs, <laughs> fucking killing me. <laughs> getting, those, getting those steps in. Mm. It's good stuff. And everyone now also, but no one wants to, um, no one wants to leave. So everyone's also mailing from their house, <laughs> like packages. So I got like I'm picking up packages from. So people. you're taking packages from and to the truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all day long, all day long for eight hours at least. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, yeah, I wouldn't get any exercise any other way, so I can't really complain. I feel you. I uh, had to stop going to the gym when it shut down, and I just recently acquired some dumbbells. And so I worked out Monday for the first time since January and uh, like February. And yeah, uh, I've been out ever since because my fucking arms were dead. Oh, dude. My right arm is still fucked. I got the Bob Dole arm in here. Like my right (laughs) arm still won't fully extend. And I'm walking around looking like (laughs) DJ fucking Paul with that baby arm. Like this shit. (laughs) It's all turned upside down. It won't go down all the way. It sucks. <laughs> Dude, I threw, I went and did disc golf like a couple weeks ago. And <laughs> just after that, the next day, my arm was like, I felt like I had muscle. <laughs> <laughs> this for like an hour or so. <laughs> like, 
you know, what if I, like, actually lift a weight? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's rough pumpkins right now, but we'll get through it. Yeah, we'll get through it. So you've been on the front lines the entire time of COVID. You hadn't had a break yet, like... Well, at the beginning, I, I was, we were able to, uh, if you have a child, because, like, all the schools closed, you were able to, there was, like, COVID leave you could take. Mm-hmm. So the first two months, I used part of that, and I stayed at home. I stayed at home with my girl most of the time. <laughs> I didn't get out in it, but then I was like, I can't keep, because I knew this shit wasn't going to be over with, so I needed to save some. So I went back to work, and I've been working since probably April. Yeah, the end of April, I went back. And it's just, it's like it's been fucking Christmas. <laughs> like, the volume of packages and people just ordering shit. Wait until it actually is fucking Christmas. Dude, it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's going to be nuts. We're going to make the trips back to the post office for packages, because even now, it's like, I've had to take, like, an extra trip back, because there's so many fucking packages. <laughs> Everybody get all their dog food on the same day, and you can't put all that shit in the truck. <laughs> Y'all got to switch over to eighteen wheelers. <laughs> you just big out two tons out there, like, the <laughs> like UPS. We're gonna be spray painting post office over <laughs> USPS. <laughs> right, that's it. Just throw that S in there. And that extra S. <laughs> That's crazy. So, has your kid gone back to school, or are they they doing distance learning? They do distance. She does distance learning. Uh, the week after next, they're going to go back for two days a week for the next, like, five or six weeks. And then, supposedly, after that, they're going to just go back and do masks. But we'll see how it all works out. Shit, man. How long have you been, how long have you been a, 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 a mail carrier? For about yeah, 10 years. You've been this for a while, right? Yeah, for about 10 years. I delivered out in the, um, I delivered out in the county. You had to use your own vehicle. Wow. And it was nuts. I was driving like a little Toyota Echo. <laughs> I could literally like sit in the middle because I had to sit in the middle and drive in my left hand and use my left foot to work the <laughs> gas. Right. But I could sit in the middle and put both hands out the window like that. <laughs> And I would fill that thing with to the gills with mail, <laughs> and it was. And then I just uh, moved to the city. I took a city route because uh, you know they provide you with a truck and all that, and worrying about your car breaking down. It's just it was too much stress. That's and crazy. Fuck. <clears throat> pretty much work every day since. How was well, delivering out in the county like? It was, I mean, it's filled with psychos. It's just like, I mean, it's just the same people, basically. I mean, there's just as many crazy people, like, in my neighborhood as they're out in the county. It's just, the only difference is, like, they're more spread apart. They're not, (laughs) like, you can't, less witnesses. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. More places to bury a body, stuff like that. Who's the craziest person you've ever delivered to? Dude, I've, I got a guy that lives across the street I've delivered to a couple times. And he's coming out like full tidy whitey. He's just like, he'll walk out in the garage and he'll be like, oh, oh, sorry. And I'm like, yeah, it's the second time, you know, it's not a big deal. Man. He comes out, you know. I've had like people, uh, 
answering the door in a towel. Like I had an old lady do that once. She answered. She had a sign for something, and she was. I'm like, I'll just. You don't have to do this right now. <laughs> she was born willing, and I had some lady like, because <clears throat> most of the time you like you have to knock on the door if you want a signature. And I had to get a signature, and this lady came to the door, and she was nude, man. She just, but like she was up to something. She just put like one of those little lacy uh, tops on, mm-hmm. you know, and like everything else was. I mean, like she barely keeping it closed and I was like you don't have to. it's like okay you don't have to sign for it but I like she wanted to give you a tip <laughs> I think she I think she was in the middle of something already you know <laughs> but you see a lot of stupid shit you get to see everybody I mean like what you see like if you drive through your neighborhood and just see people on the street like you see that shit all day long you see everybody doing that actually you know <laughs> It's just like living in, like, what they show on TV, like a mailman driving or like a neighborhood, you know, like the activity. That's basically what it is for real. <laughs> but you get this, I mean, I don't know. Do I don't you have sp- one of those hard shield helmet hats? Yeah, fuck yeah. Pith helmet? <laughs> yeah. Every time it rains, I put that pith helmet on. I love it keeps my glasses dry it looks cool as shit everybody everyone loves that fucking helmet everybody every time you wear it someone's gonna no matter if you've seen that person they're gonna say oh i love that hat like everyone loves that hat it is a cool hat i always like the, the post office pith helmet what's the history behind that like is is it hard for a reason like did people used to get knocked upside the head and their bags stolen like, i don't know that's like barry <laughs> shit I, I mean they kind of use out in the <laughs> I guess I can see it like being hard, but we also have a um, one that's like thin, and uh, it's kind of like the straw hat, but it's mm-hmm. a. But yeah, I think it's mostly for sun and rain. <laughs> or you know, you're like I do a lot of walking, so there's shit falling from the trees and stuff too, hitting you in the head. Maybe construction workers should switch over to something sexier like that. Bill. Yeah, that's it. Start, everyone wears shorts, too. <laughs> that's right. Shorts with the black socks. Mm-hmm. The I black rock the sneaks. <laughs> Unless it gets, like, below 40, I'm in shorts. You run right? hot, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I run real hot out here. Carrying all those packages. <laughs> Yeah, pretty soon y'all gonna have to do it in bathing suits. I mean, this this summer, dude. I mean, all those packages in that heat. I'm surprised I haven't seen somebody come to the door topless. Dude, I am like, I mean, I'm wet all day long. <laughs> all of me is like. Luckily, I get to come home and take breaks and cool off. It's a cool place to, you know, you get to come home. It's like nice and cold, and that's like the best part of my route. My main letter carrier, uh, she's pregnant. And so, it's just always strange to see her walking around delivering the mail pregnant like that. Dude, you wouldn't believe how these girls that get pregnant and just, um, I know that sounded weird. When ladies I work with that get pregnant, they'll work for like six or seven months out there walking with that baby. I'm like, damn. Yeah, yeah, I've like, seen her. I've watched her belly grow. Yeah. <laughs> There's no shit. The baby be maybe walking. The baby be holding mail and shit. <laughs> I need four hands for this. 
So what's it like working for the post office? Like, is it, is it like any other job? Like, I'm shiny. I know there's assholes and nice people, but like, are there people who show up to work drunk and high? Like, are there are there post office after work parties? <laughs> we used to get together like um, uh, before COVID, like a union meeting because you like we have we're part of the union. We have our own union and stuff. So there's like a union meeting once a month, and people would get together after that and stuff. You hang out with some people. People like there has been incidents where people show up drunk and shit, man. <laughs> stories i hasn't happened since i've been working but there was always someone like supposedly in the good old days there was this guy that would just carry a pint around all the time <laughs> but but you know <clears throat> there's i'm sure i there has to be people out there smoking you know because <laughs> i mean it's a stress it's 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 an easy job though it's like the easiest fucking job in the world it's just like physically demanding and like it fucks your whole body up like <laughs> i had like a back surgery like i i mean it tears you down Sounds like, like my being feet, a football player <laughs> dude i'm telling you like my feet and legs always hurt <laughs> like <clears throat> that's the worst part about it. everything else is fucking simple man like i get out of the office i'm listening to podcasts or music all day you know i don't Got, you got no one fucking with you. Like, you just run into like people on your route sometimes, you know, say hey and stuff. It's fucking, it's easy. I love it. Are there post office groupies? No, no. I haven't met any. <laughs> I mean, I keep looking, but I haven't met any. <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of people don't like their mail, their postman or mail carrier. <laughs> Like, there's a lot of negative negative energy out there towards mail carriers, I feel like. It could just be me, though. I don't know. I think, like, I think people see, like, a big, fat, hairy guy um, delivering their mail, and their first instinct is to look the other way and just, like, ignore it. And... Like, this is obviously a, uh, a serial killer pretending yeah. to be a mailman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, honey, bring the kids in. But no, there's a lot of nice people. But there's a lot of people that suck. You should be. Everyone should be really nice to their mail carrier. That's the message for this episode. Yeah, I be mean, nice totally. to your letter carriers. I mean, like it means so much. Like and like a lot of le- a lot of letter carriers will go the extra mile just if you're nice to them, you know. Or at least I am. It's like shit. Just be nice and like. I'll do whatever you want out there, you know? You don't want this person, you don't want to get this person's mail? I got you, you know? <laughs> and you're not going to get it, you know? Just be nice to people. Don't write on the mail. <laughs> like, if you get someone's mail and it's not yours, just leave it and we'll pick it up. You don't have to write, does not live here, all angry. <laughs> like, five patient points. Just fill out and say, Talk to your mail carrier. Leave them a nice note, and they'll make sure that that shit don't happen. Yeah, I've seen people get upset about that. Like, it's some sort of service that they're paying for as an individual to have people bring their mail to them. And yeah. Like, God damn it, this goes next door. And it's just like, how about you just calm down? <laughs> it's like people, like, we make mistakes just like you do. You can't tell me to go to work, and you make no mistake. <laughs> yeah. Not happening. 
<laughs> it's insane. And plus, yeah. Are dogs still a problem like they used to be? Dudes, I've been, I've known a lot, I know a lot of people that have gotten bit by dogs. I've never had any problems with them. Um, <clears throat> I like dogs. I try to be nice to all of people's dogs and like be friendly. But you get dog spray to, um, if someone, if someone try to fuck with you, it's, it's like, uh, you got a dog right there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like a spray you spray in their eyes. It's like bear mace for dogs. Yeah, it's, it's dog like, mace. Yeah, dog mace. <laughs> and people talk, I've never, I, I can't, I would never be able to do it. I don't think I would be able to spray with mace, but people talk at work talk about like just draining cans. <laughs> And I'm just like, these, it's like, and they're like, this is, they tell you how to do it and stuff. And it's just, um, I don't, I couldn't do it. I would just try to run away. I don't know. I haven't had that problem. I've had little dogs take, um, a bite at my leg, but, um, just kind of like a nip bite, you know, but, um, I've never been bit, bit, so. Nipping at the old heels. Dude, they do. I, whoa, man. One time this little chihuahua was on me, and it, like, jumped on the front of my foot and was, like, biting my laces and trying to get me. And I just, like, I didn't kick it, but I threw <laughs> off the kick move, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like he was already on me, so I wasn't, like, making – the contact was already made. I was just, like, throwing him off like a kick. But, Yeah. I don't have any cool dog stories. I wish I did. You know, that story about the, the dog mace and kicking chihuahuas across the yard was good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just try to be nice to dogs. I like dogs. I don't like my dogs, but I love everyone else. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with your dogs? They like, they like your daughter and your girl more than you? No, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Girlfriend's dog likes her and that's it. And my dog's just like, I don't know, he's a spaz. <laughs> but they're being really cool right now. I can't believe like none of them are bothering me. They're all laying down. <laughs> I talk shit about them, and they're like, they never behaved. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> I w- I've been um, <clears throat> I was stung by wasps once. Oh, Jesus. And um, I didn't know I was allergic to wasps. Dude, like, two went down my shirt and stung me on my back. And then, like, I had, like, three stings in my ear and on my neck. And, like, in a matter of minutes, my ear started swelling up and my <laughs> lip started swelling up. And, like, my whole face was turning red. And luckily there was, like, a quick care, like, two blocks away. So I drove there and... um I was like, hey, I'm in some by bees. I'm starting having trouble breathing and stuff like that. They're like, okay, we'll have a seat. We'll be right with you. And then I had a supervisor. I called them, told them what happened. They came up to check on me. And by the time I got there, I was like, I can't breathe. Like, <laughs> And she was like, he's not breathing. <laughs> you know, so they brought me back there. And then they started, they gave me like, a uh, Benadryl shot, a cortisone, sh- like a steroid shot, and all this did you stuff. The EpiPen. They, they hit me with the EpiPen. <laughs> they did, yeah. And um, they said they took my breathing, like they take a breathing, um, 
like a pulse, a breathing pulse or something, but it was like at zero. Like, I mean, I was breathing, but they couldn't tell Mm -hmm. through the air that I was breathing and shit. Fuck. That was scary. Yeah, that's a bad way to find out. You don't. Yeah, it's it's always bad. I've been stung by bees and shit like that, but I don't know. I think it was because it was all in my head, too. It was like all stings to my head, the back of my head and Mm -hmm. my ear. Did, that really fucked things up. That's a that's a fucked up way to find out. Like you get stuck by B and everything's cool, and yeah. then you get stuck by wasp. You're like, okay, this sucks, but it'll be all right. And the next thing you know, your fucking throat's closed. <laughs> Dude, that was what it was. It was fire too, man. I've never been stung like that. And it was just like you were being stabbed real quick. It was crazy. Yeah, I got attacked by bees once at a party when I was like twelve, and it was uh. And it was while trying to avoid a huge ass spider. Oh, yeah. It's a very weird situation. We were playing. I don't know why we were. At the, my aunt took me and my cousins to some some friend of hers house, and so we we're outside on the side of the house playing football, and the ball rolled back around the side of the house. And as I we ran around to pick it up, and there was a fucking like a twelve foot by twelve foot spider web. Running from like the side of the house to the gate, and it was this big fucking spider right in the middle of it. And so of course oh. we all stopped. It was like, oh shit, wow, we we almost ran right into that. And then apparently we had stepped on. Oh, dude. <laughs> we had stepped on a, some sort of beehive or something <laughs> in the ground, and we picked that ball up and turned to walk back around. And next thing you know, we were all jumping and fucking screaming. Oh, and we were getting lit up by some bees. Dude, being stung is fun. No, it's not not fun at all. Worst thing I ever felt, though, I got uh, stung by jellyfish uh, when I was like seven years old, and that was one of the worst times of my life. (laughs) It was was bad. And you know, the worst part about it was that we should have not been at the beach at the time it was happening. We were down in, uh, I want to say Pensacola. Or maybe we are at Panama City, but we were out in the water. We had been there for hours with the family. Everything was cool. And then right when they was like, you know, all right, let's pack up and leave. My my cool uncle, <laughs> one of my cool uncles wanted to take all the kids out. You know, let's go out. And let's see how deep we can go before we need to turn back. So we decided to take one less excursion into the water. And uh, lucky for me, I was so young that I had to sit up on his shoulders because... We got out till they were all like uh, my older cousins and my uncles. They were all like chest and neck deep, and then a the jellyfish attack. So luckily for me, it only got me from the knees down. But they got Damn. fucked up. They had it all from the waist down, neck down, chest down, Ugh. and we had Man, we had to turn and go back to the beach. And you can't run in water, so we nah. had to make this slow ass trek back to shore. Just get ate the fuck up the whole way. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine? You said your uncle was carrying you. Yeah, I was on his shoulders, carrying a kid and being stung by jellyfish. <laughs> Just were ready to toss you. Yeah, that was. It took a lot of restraint. Um, yeah. yeah, he could have just he could have dropped my ass. Oh my god! Easily. <laughs> yeah, and we like all I, had to go. It's the first time I ever go to the hospital out of town before. Like we had to. We had, to, we had to go, and we were all like, we had like some slushies on the shore, and they were rubbing slushy all over us, and that shit was stinking so bad. We all had to visit the fucking hospital, like a whole family in there with fucking 
jellyfish stains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that. <laughs> it's all. Awesome. Remember that time the whole family came in with jellyfish stains? Right, remember that? Remember we were like. All the guys in the family, like all nine of us, got ate up by fucking jellyfish. Jesus, that shit was terrible. <laughs> That's when I found out like how slow time can pass because that trek back out of the water. Oh my god! It felt like it I... took twelve years to get out of that damn water. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> yeah, I've been wearing jellyfish ever since then. <laughs> I remember one time I got. We were at the beach, and the water was, like, really colder than usual. And um, so my, my whole body would turn numb because it was so cold. And there was jellyfish out there. But I was, like, my body was so numb from the water that I didn't feel the jellyfish thing. <laughs> I got out, and then, like, I could feel that I was stung and stuff like that. <laughs> the air hit you? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, like the warmth from the outside, like warmed me up, and then it was like, "Oh yeah, you're young." <laughs> like that was real fun. That was so weird. I, don't, I can't imagine why the water. And thinking back, it makes no sense why the water would be that cold and be able to withstand it. You know, <laughs> have your body turn numb, but like okay with it and stuff. That's weird. So do you miss? Do you miss the comedy scene? Uh, yeah. Do you miss going to shows, hanging out? I do. I miss hanging out, you know. <laughs> like getting drunk and just shit talking and stuff. Like that. <laughs> that, that's the best part of comedy. But, um, yeah, dude, I miss going to a bar like crazy. <laughs> like, I want to go to a bar so bad. <laughs> like, no idea. We went, we went out and ate for the first time. Last weekend, was it last? I think last weekend or the weekend before last, we went to like a fancy uh, restaurant and ate. Did it feel like you had just got out of prison? Dude, it was. <laughs> and it was it was weird. It was weird. It was really weird. <laughs> like there's other people there. And if you get from get up from your table, you put your mask on to go to the bathroom and stuff. And the whole time you're like, God damn. Like, is it, is it worth it? You know, it's like, it's tough, man. I don't, I want to go out so bad. <laughs> I want to do it like, so like Copper Top had, they're doing open mics around here, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Copper Top had like their eighth year anniversary and I'm like, fuck, like I want to go to that, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to go to Cobra Top. <laughs> I'm sure that place. I mean, like, how are we not, how are they not getting COVID? I don't know. I don't, I just. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't abide by these shows that have restarted or Zoom I... shows. But, you know, listen, if that's what those people want to do, they can do it. But, you know, me, myself, and I, I'm not leaving the house to perform comedy again until Dr. Fauci says it's okay to go out. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't do it. I can't. I'm not I'm not walking into a bar with fucking hand sanitizer and gloves and a mask on. I'm not no, doing it. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, what's the... I can't imagine going to a bar with a mask on. <laughs> the whole mechanics of taking it off and drinking it or... Like, even at that restaurant, you were... Um, we were all spaced apart and stuff, but fuck, man. It's, it's weird, dude. It's just so weird to... <laughs> 
we had a great time and had a great dinner, but it still wasn't the same as pre-COVID. Yeah. Because you know? that's not <laughs> fun, man. That's no. not, There's nothing, nothing about COVID restrictions is relaxing. Yeah. So it's, it's impossible your... to go out and have a good time because you have to do all of that kind of shit. It's a constant Especially... reminder. Yeah, especially if you really think that's going to happen. Like, you're worried the whole fucking time. And, like, you're just constantly, am I going to get it? Is this going to be it? And plus, dude, I'm out there delivering mail. Like, I'm constantly worried. Because motherfuckers want to come up and talk to you like it's nothing. They never even heard of COVID. I'm like, all right, let's try to do our six feet. I'm not out there to ask, you know, in the 90-degree weather. We have to wear a mask in the office, but shit. When I'm out, it's like six feet. Wow. I've told I've told a couple of people. It's like, hey, you know, I appreciate you coming. They want to come and get it from you, so you don't have to walk up to their house. <laughs> like, I don't mind walking. Let's just be safe. <laughs> be nice. Like, I probably won't get a Christmas card from them, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'd rather be COVID free and not worry about it. I feel you on that. I am. Uh very serious about COVID. I don't, I don't want any part of it. Like the, the, it probably won't kill you talk isn't enough for me. You know? Dude, the fucking rock has <laughs> Right, like, him and his whole damn family. Like. <laughs> the strongest, fittest person in the world has COVID. Batman so. has it. Yeah, that fucking Batman. Robin Pattinson shut down the <laughs> Batman production recently. Dude. Just to, that news came out today. He got the fucking yeah. thing shut down. He's the one that's, with it. Like that sucks. It sucks so bad. Like I'm just like I'm constantly worried about it. What? I don't want to get it. Yeah, see, that's why I just stay at home. I don't. Yeah. I don't really worry about getting it because I stay home. I go to drive-throughs and I go to Walmart. And that's it. I'm yeah. always masked up. I keep some hand sanitizer on me. You know, I'm uh, I'm doing what I gotta do, whatever's necessary for however the fuck long. I didn't no, I didn't help my cousin move this past Saturday because of COVID. It's just like, listen, I'm not coming out of the house and going around people for no fucking reason. I can't do it. It's not, dude, it's not worth it. Like, I even, like, I feel bad doing it, like, when we went out and ate, because it's like, ugh, it's, you want to be out and eat, you want to do something, like, and I'm not fucking going to Applebee's, which I'm not (laughs) shit, but I'm not going to go to Applebee's or the fucking Mexican restaurant or something. And risk COVID. Like, that's not worth it. We went to, like, a really... You gotta go fun- to Shea Fon Fon if you want to risk COVID. That's what we did. We went, to- <laughs> we went to, like, a really nice restaurant. <laughs> Linen napkins. If yes. I'm gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, we're gonna, go out, we're gonna go to fucking... The, we're going to get top shelf shit. You know? It was, you know... Like, I yeah, got was- COVID, but you, have you ever had the venison at this place? <laughs> You get that filet with the melted butter. <laughs> a little duck all orange. The Azul sauce. You know, like, I'm drinking uh, old fashions all night. I'm all out. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fucking go. Yeah, we're not Phillies. <laughs> not gonna die for two for twenty. <laughs> yeah, Phillies. 
chips and salsa is the shit. <laughs> uh, everywhere else I pick up. Yeah, I picked up, we picked up like sushi and shit. And of course, I'm going to go to fucking McDonald's, you know. <laughs> but I go to the clean McDonald's, the one I, I trust the most. Like, there's some McDonald's out there. I'm not, I'll drive an extra 10 minutes to the the one I think where the everyone's McDonald's <laughs> Where everyone, where I know everyone's, uh, just like I've been, I see everyone <laughs> wearing masks and shit. I feel you. I went to Milo's a couple weeks ago, and everybody in the uh, kitchen had their mask on under their nose. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, I remember. Like I went to Taco Bell, and this was kind of at the beginning before you had to wear a mask, you know. And the girl didn't have a mask on, and I was like, shh. Shit! <laughs> you know, like, it was so hard for me to eat that Taco Bell. I mean, I ate it, but like the time, I'm like, oh, I wish you had your mask on. <laughs> it's like, am I gonna get COVID from this fucking crunch wrap? Or... Now, Jeez. now you know what the difference between regular and supreme is. Yeah, supreme <laughs> comes with COVID. <laughs> some wild shit it is man i don't even i don't even know what to it's hard not to think about i don't know i think i probably think i think about it too much you know because i see people out there just like fucking free will and not giving a shit yeah i mean when your job is to be out on the fucking streets dude especially I, coming into such close proximity to people's domiciles i mean all the time it's kind of hard not to think about somebody opening the door to get mail and coughing right in your goddamn mouth <laughs> Oh, I got this motherfucker the other day, like, he came up to the house, like, I'm walking up to deliver mail, and this guy's going to these people's house, and he's like, hey, like, just, like, coughing, saying hello, and I'm like, fuck, man, stop. Like, I, I, Dude, it is. I was like, go ahead and do your business. I'll wait, you know, because, like, man, some people, they just don't even, it doesn't register. It does not register. I was going into a Walmart once, and this woman in front of me started coughing on the way in. I just went and sat in my car for like 15 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would do the same thing. I would do the same thing. I would be like, I, I, I would just go home. I would just go. I'm like, I'm going to Walmart tomorrow. I can't. Like, no. I, I just the guy went back to my car, hit some hand sanitizer, took a sip of water, and I just waited 15 minutes. Yeah. Costco tomorrow. I'm already like fucking stressed out about it. <laughs> Buying in bulk. <laughs> Fuck yeah, because I could do it like once a month and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was in a I was in a Sam's Club uh, a week ago for the first time since like middle school. <laughs> I had been to a Sam's Club like since the nineties, and I was like. Wow, <laughs> this is Dude, exactly this, how I remember it, and I missed this. This is awesome. <laughs> it's fucking great. I did. I got. I did the Costco this year. I started this year. I think in January, and it's the fucking greatest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, there's and they do some weird shit, man. 
because they're like these fucking these motherfuckers will buy anything like chips i bought some chips that were like shrimp <laughs> shrimp chip. i was like well i gotta try this shit <laughs> like 40 percent shrimp like, <laughs> and then like rice and shit i don't even know they're like it's weird as fuck. They it's rice so, cakes, but they're shrimp cakes. It's shrimp, man. It's like, 40, <laughs> this chip is 40% shrimp, and it's like crazy. How do you dehydrate and crisp up shrimp? That's what I want. It's like, am I going to like, can you even do that? Like, like, I was like checking for an ex- expiration date. Am I going to bad in a week or two? Like, how do you, how do you even do that? Yeah, they got to get that on an episode of how it's made. How the fuck do yeah. you make shrimp chips? Because I know what they do to potatoes, and I don't think you can do that to shrimp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and it says like forty percent shrimp, so like there's got to be forty percent shrimp in there. Yeah, so hey, that means they put all the shrimp together, did whatever they did to make them chippable, and then they divided it with sixty percent something else. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so weird, man. It's so it's crazy. It tastes like it tastes more like crab to me, honestly. But uh, <laughs> but it tastes like fucking seafood. It's weird, dude. Do they make an imitation shrimp? Because I know that imitation crab meat tastes better than real crab meat. Dude, I'm telling you, is there you, an imitation shrimp out there? Because I love shrimp way more than I love crab. That's shrimp is my favorite. I wonder if they got imitation shrimp and how that tastes. I th- no, they can't do that. Why would- not? What's the difference between imitation shrimp <laughs> and imitation crab? What's the difference between making one or the other? They probably taste the same. They may- if I they like- can make shrimp chips, they can make fake they have- shrimp. <laughs> I don't know, but they're using real shrimp. <laughs> so they're not making fake shrimp. It's not 40 <laughs> fake shrimp. 40% real shrimp. <laughs> Maybe the other 60% is fake shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm just, it's like, it's really, it's not even bad. It's not even chips. I'm like eating cocktail shrimp the whole time. <laughs> I just call that shrimp. I just call you that just chip. just shrimp chips because you're just eating them out of the bag like some fucking cheese puffs. <laughs> A cocktail platter. And it's like, oh, yeah. oh they're chips. They're chips. Walking shrimp cocktails. Yes. <laughs> A bag, of, a two-pound bag of shrimp and some cocktail sauce dumped in. <laughs> like, um, do you have spicy cocktail sauce? What? Like, what the fuck is in that bag? Is that a bag of shrimp you're eating? <laughs> it's like, I need this. You want one? <laughs> Dude, shrimp's so good. <laughs> like, I used to not, I, I, a couple years ago, I wasn't eating shrimp. Now I'm eating shrimp all the time. Did you just convert from Judaism? <laughs> well, like, I started, I had this approach to foods that I don't like. I keep trying them and trying them, hoping I will like. And I did that with shrimp, and now I fucking love it. Because <laughs> I see people eating foods I don't like, and I'm like, well, that has to be good, right? <laughs> so I like, I'll just keep trying it until I eventually <laughs> like it, I guess. So that's what happened with shrimp and most seafood now. Because, like, everyone's eating seafood. I'm like, what am I missing out on? That's a very uh, Pavlovian thing to do to yourself. <laughs> it's like I, <laughs> I, um, my taste buds evolved. <laughs> Maybe we should do that to vegans. Yeah. Just, like... If they think it's good, it's got to be good. And if you're, if you, 
you're missing out on something. And I <laughs> not to miss out on food. I didn't like, know FOMO could like extend to people's diet. <laughs> <laughs> to wanna... people enjoy themselves with a fucking shrimp platter. You're just like, <laughs> I need I to get some of those smiles. <laughs> exactly. If I can experience something blissfully, <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> like, I thought shrimp was gross, but those people are having a ball over there. I got to get like, in on this. <laughs> it's like, how much fun they're having. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm just like, yeah, let's. I fuck it. I don't care what way it is. You know, went to that fancy restaurant. I had my steak. I got me a big ass fucking prawn. I was like, I'm telling you, I went all out. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna put some shrimp. I'm surfing and turfing. <laughs> it's like this is my first time out since quarantine. I want everything y'all have. <laughs> this is my first time, and possibly the last time out. Hit me with the sampler. <laughs> like, I need Treat everything. me like a food critic. I need. A five percent portion of everything on the fucking menu. Dude, I'm gonna we be locked like, up till March. <laughs> that's we were trying. I was getting everything I can, everything I can. Yeah, appetizers up. and desserts. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't get desserts. I ended up. I was like, by the time I left, I was all drunk. And there's this place around here that has a really. It stays open late, and they have a really good cake section. So I stopped and got me a slice of cake. <laughs> You were living yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a ten dollar slice of cake. Oh, <laughs> um, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm doing it. We're getting... <laughs> this is it for us but, till January. I gotta, I yeah. gotta get in where I fit in. <laughs> like, I'm not coming out for another two months at least. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's what that's what COVID is doing. To, it's turned us all into punks of Tony Field from Groundhog yeah. Day. It's just like yeah. after five months of quarantine. Yo, grab a night on the town. If you don't die, quarantine for another two months. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> and like, it's like, though, like, when you go out, you're just going to do as much as you can. <laughs> so like, tomorrow night, me and my girlfriend, we're talking about, like, we're going to go to, we're going to go get some fast food, but we're not going to go to just, like, one spot. We're going to go to a couple. Like, we're out. We're going to get this. <laughs> We're going to get Slotsky's and we're going to go to Jack. <laughs> I feel you. I've taken the freeway like as little as possible when I go out now because I just want that extra time away from the house. Oh, so, my God. Unless I have to get on the freeway, I won't. I'll take the streetway everywhere. It reminds me of high school when like me and a friend of mine, we would go to like when we wanted to go to McDonald's or some shit, we would always go out of town because... We were teenagers with shit else to do. Yeah. So he'd just be like, you know, listen, you wanna wanna go to Burger King? Like, yeah, and we'd get in the car and we'd go to Burger King in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and then drive back to Birmingham. It's just like, listen, we ain't got shit else to do. We're kids. Let's just get out, goddammit. <laughs> Dude, no, I feel you. It's like I am sitting at the house like, uh, what can I go to the gas station for? <laughs> Oh, shit. I need, oh, I need a, a ice cream bar. I need a, oh, we need beer. We need beer. Yeah, I need to go get some beer. I'll be back. Like, I just want to go somewhere. But at the same time, I don't want to go anywhere. Like, I'm ready to get out of the fucking house. The car ride is the thing to do that, man. I've been trying to spread that secret around to as many people as I can. It's like, now is the time, like, you know, you can be safe in your car. Mm-hmm. And you probably just want to hit a drive through a gas station or something. So shit, if you you getting a little cabin feverish, man, 
fuck it. Get up and go for a four-hour car ride, you know? Shit. Just drive like, the highway, turn around, and fucking come back. <laughs> dude, I did that with Milo's the other day. We don't have a Milo's in Huntsville, but there's one in Decatur, which is like 45 minutes away. I was like, shit, I'm going to drive. To, I'm just going to go for a drive. I'm going to go to Milo's in Decatur just to get the fuck out of the house for a minute. And I love eating in my car, so. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect setup. Yeah, that's where it's at. <laughs> so tell the people where they can find you online, man. Dude, no one wants to find me online, man. I, I, I think they should <laughs> at least follow you on Twitter, man. You got a couple gems in there. Uh, yeah, just find me at, <clears throat> you can find me at, at Guy Frizzell. But um, no one wants, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm so done. Like, I'm trying to get off fucking social media so bad. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just feel like I spend too much time on there and I want to read again. <laughs> like I want to read a book, but I can't fucking read a book because I want to look at my phone <laughs> so much more. Download some books. And kill two birds with one stone. Nah, it's not the same time. It's not the same or it's not the same thing because like I got to look at Twitter halfway <laughs> through thing. Like I got to go look at Twitter and Instagram. You got to like, get you a Kindle or something. <laughs> Dude, I just got on Reddit. I just got on Reddit for the first time. Oh, you're definitely not about to stop using social media. <laughs> you definitely you plan on you don't plan on cutting down your screen time if your ass is getting on Reddit. I know man. you I'm can like, literally go on Reddit, type in Voltron, and somebody will have get a fucking full transcript of every episode of fucking Voltron. <laughs> That's what I'm just like looking. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get on Reddit. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I'm just like in this very deep and like soprano subreddit. <laughs> fucking what everyone thinks about each red. It's like, why? Why am I doing this? Like, read a fucking book. <laughs> I feel that, man. I just started back reading the book I've been trying to read for a couple years. And I started like a month ago. Like, you know what? I got to start back reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll start and I'll get half, I'll get like a quarter of the way in and then I'm just like f- fucking watching alone and <laughs> eating on my phone is way more fun. Because <laughs> the social media is now like our biggest form of social communication. Yeah. So now like, it's very hard for like everybody, you know, even your grandma is like on Facebook more, you know, like... <laughs> My we grandma. don't have much else to distract us and we can't go hang out. It's like, fuck it. I'll just talk to these 75 people on my timeline. It's just like, refresh, <laughs> refresh, refresh. <laughs> yeah, doesn't I it need- suck when you go to refresh Twitter and like nobody's posted? You're just like, I'm following fucking 400 people. How in the last four minutes have there's not one new tweet? <laughs> I want to say something. <laughs> My God, it's so bad. Yeah, well, that's what the part. You should start a podcast. It's gonna save the USPS. Yeah, you know, um, there's a post office podcast, but um, is it made by the post office? I think it's made by people in the union. That's gotta be the lamest shit on the face of the planet, dude. I mean, who's it, listening? It, to it? That's not some fucking seventy-five year old retiree from the post office. That's. I mean. that's... <laughs> Even I like. I mean, I'm. I'm sure there's interesting shit to know on, 
but I am not going to fucking listen to that podcast, man. I've got too many podcasts I like. To <laughs> God, I it's like, no one's going to listen to it. It's like the guy's dad, you know? It's like the guy that does the podcast. It's like his family listens. It's like, oh, yeah, you were great this week. <laughs> And they're like, none of them are mail carriers, so they don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> like car talk. Yeah. About the stamps. <laughs> go, buy, go buy some stamps. Everybody go buy some stamps. <laughs> yeah, totally. Everybody listening to this right now. Go buy a book of stamps every fucking week. Yeah, buy some stamps and, and just be smile. Smile at your mail carrier. <laughs> What's the cheapest book of stamps you can get? A uh, book of stamps. I think it's like twenty something dollars. Twenty something dollars. I'm not even sure how much. I was really bad. I don't, I don't know how much a stamp is. That's right not. That, see, you got to start listening to that fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's really bad, but it changes so much. You know. I need everybody listening to this. Every time you get paid, every two weeks, or if it's every month, every time you get paid. Go buy the cheapest book of stamps you can and just hold on to them. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe that'd be like the one good memory that reminds you of COVID times in, in five years. You're like, why the fuck do you have so many stamps? Like, oh, man, we had to try to save the fucking post office from the president. <laughs> Remember in that crazy president? <laughs> <laughs> save the post office. Well, thank you for joining us on the show here, Guy Frizzell. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank uh, you so much. I look forward to talking to you again, and, and we're going to save that post office. We'll get that mail sorter back up, even though we have to break in there ourselves. <laughs> we'll get those I... mail sorters back up and running. <laughs> <laughs> Alright folks, welcome back to Uncle Rod's Story Corner. We're going to get into it with the main event with our main guest, a comedian who lives in St. Louis, Missouri now. Uh, he's originally from Texas. Went to school in Mississippi at Ole Miss. That's where I met him. Uh, good dude. Fun time. Uh, he's come and done the Guinness show in Nashville and hung out a bunch. He's top notch. Please welcome to the show, Sam Lyons. Sam hey. Chimman. Rod, how you doing, man? I'm chilling, man. What's going down? You feeling good? Uh, I'm feeling good, man. It's good to be here. You just took me back talking about the Guinness <laughs> show, man. <laughs> I miss it so much. God damn. <laughs> it's just sleeping on a, a bar bench in Nashville at four in the morning. None fucking stop, dude. It's... The greatest, this is the greatest comedy experience of anybody's life. God. I wouldn't trade it for the world. If I get to headline Madison Square Garden one day, it will not compare to my experience of the Guinness shows for four straight years. What if you could do the Guinness show in Madison Square Garden? It'd be but better like, than the it's still, it's, <laughs> as, it's as attended. No, no, no. It's just as attended as it was at Third Coast, whatever. 
the Jack Daniels Museum or whatever. <laughs> that would be fun as shit. It'd be like it'd be like when Katrina had everybody in the Superdome, except it won't be Ooh. safe. <laughs> but it would it would be awesome. Can you imagine the kind of stink we could bring to the Madison Square Garden? If oh, we just man. packed it out with like a hundred <laughs> comics and audience members for twenty four hours a day for eight days. Because we, all we would sync those bars up. All doing the same variation of four jokes. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was good times. So how has uh, how has quarantine affected your stand-up comedy career? How soon Cor- did you have to leave the stage? Shit. Uh, I'm, th- I'm thinking like the... They started talking you know, about like going on quarantine like beginning of March... I went to uh, Normal and did a show, like, March 13th, and then that next day, like, everything got hard shut down. <laughs> I was supposed to uh, host, I just started producing for a storytelling show, and I was supposed to host the, the first, like, live show, and then three days later, I was supposed to fly out to L.A. for a week for a work thing, and, like, within... Eight hours that those both got canceled. And I had to scrap in this. Uh, shit went from being very like, oh, there's some people getting sick to like contagion in no time. And let me tell you something. I used to watch contagion all the time and think, damn, it'd be really cool to be in a situation like contagion. It's not cool at all. I, my eyes were bigger than my heart. I can't take it. Yeah, it's not cool at all. Although it is uh, less exciting than we yeah. all thought the apocalypse would be. <laughs> right. It's, it's still just pretty much sitting around all weekend. It's just the weekend never ends. You're just always in front of it. Some monitor just staring at a screen. Yeah, it's like being on punishment in the summertime. As a child, that's what it's like. Like when, like when you fuck up so bad right before school ends, that your parents just put you up punishment the whole fucking summer. That's what this feels like. Like, yeah, you can watch all the TV you want, play all the video games you want. Your ass isn't going outside though. You can't. Cool. Am I going to school? <laughs> like no. You can't so... go outside and play. You can't have company. But by all means, enjoy the house. Don't leave the fucking porch. <laughs> Good enough for me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm loving no, it. Kids didn't invite me anywhere anyway, so that's what I was doing. Or go to church camp, and I bet you, even if I'm on punishment, I'm definitely not missing church camp. They're going to be learning all those Bible verses. Yeah, good times at church camp. Uh, one time at church camp, I got caught fingering a girl in my grandma's car, and she wouldn't let me and my brother get the keys anymore. <laughs> Jesus. We used, to take, we used to take her car keys because, you know, like, because, you know, in the South, you know, Bible, vacation Bible school is for everybody, including adults. So we would go, and, like, we have, like, the children's portion would last for, like, an hour and a half, two hours. But the adult portion was, like, all fucking day. So we would get the keys from grandmoms, and we just go listen to the radio. And uh, I used to take girls into the car, and one day she came out, and there was a boy was wrist deep. <laughs> And a nice young tender from across town, and that was the end of the geese. That was the end of that. <laughs> hey man, how's uh how's celibacy treating you? Uh... <laughs> celibacy is treating me fantastic. Um, I'm used to it. It's now everybody's celibate now. 
Coronavirus has turned us all into incels. Like, but I, by choice, wasn't having sex from May of 2009 until March of this year when coronavirus made it impossible. And now it's been a struggle. Like, now, now I know how why incels are so upset. Because back when I was choosing not to have sex, I could just break that at any moment. But you now, had the higher you had the higher ground from your ivory tower. Yeah, but you're, now you're so... everybody's a part of my world. So other people who've been making fun of me are in the same position, in your fucking faces. <laughs> the celibacy is cool, man. You should try it. It's made my life better, you know. Oh yeah, it took me out of the heathenism, and you know, I've gotten closer to God, closer to just a, a purity within my own soul outside of religion. Me and God are good where we are. Uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> Get that's what it takes to get closer. Get some celibacy in your life. But man. that's good for you, man. Happy for you. Always happy to see you doing well. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was thinking I, my my only good church camp story is uh they had like I went. They had like merchant a merchandise table from like the band that was playing a church cab, and I thought someone made a joke and said that the CDs were free, and I didn't hear the humor in their voice, so I thought like they were giving out CDs. So I took like three or four of these band CDs, and then I went back to the cabin, and someone was like, "Wow, Sam, did you spend all your money on those?" And I was like, "No, these were the free ones." And, <laughs> a counselor was walking by as I said that and he stopped me and said what'd you say I said no I got the free CDs and he's like there's no free CDs at this this is a Protestant church camp you think we're giving anything for free get get them back before they know whose cabin you came from and so I like run back across the campgrounds to sneak them in uh, before anybody can notice and that's my that was, that was the worst thing I did at church camp hey are you smoking out of a crown royal bowl what is that God, I wish I was that cool. Oh, it's fully rainbowed. All I saw was the purple yeah. end with the gold trim. I was like, is that Crown Royal? That would be tight. You drinking straight Crown Apple mixed with maple syrup? <laughs> so you got caught stealing at a church camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you needed to be there. Is all they thought. Did they, ramp, did they ramp up your Bible study? They, they added another week. Uh, <laughs> Jokes on them. I got more time with the go-karts, bitches. Boom. <laughs> was this back in Texas or was this, this in Mississippi? Oh, this is Texas. This is a Texas camp for sure. What part of uh, what part of the Delta did y'all move to? Uh, Itabina. Itabina. Home of uh, the fight in Mississippi Valley State University Delta Devils. Oh, that's what Jerry Rice went to college. Yep, yep. Shout out uh, to Jerry Rice of the Delta Devils. Home of BB King, right? And uh, really good gas station wings. <laughs> what was the biggest difference between Anabeta, Mississippi, and Huntsville, Texas? The uh, the the mosquitoes were a lot meaner <laughs> in Mississippi. They man, those. <laughs> I, I I went from private school to public school in Texas, and I thought that that was like a culture shock but these country kids kicked the <laughs> shit out of me uh, I was not ready for it coming out of the city to the Mississippi Delta <laughs> That's what, well, that goes to show that classism <laughs> it affects everybody in all ways like you wouldn't think 
that the private school sector of Huntsville, Texas, would be much different than the public school sector, except for just the money. But Listen, no, this I'm, is a complete difference. You might as well I'm, have been in New Hampshire and going to some elite Exactly. Schools. I was used to getting pushed around. That was fine. <laughs> but get, now you're, you're just spitting your tobacco on me, too, <laughs> and making me listen to Yo Gotti again. I'm good. Thank <laughs> He's fine. It's good, but I've heard it hungry. <laughs> That's strange. So what's it like to grow up in in the rural South, especially as a black man? Because, like, I'm from Birmingham. And, of course, people outside of the South don't think that there are real cities in the South. Right. So everybody thinks that Birmingham is just like some small fucking town with, like, 5,000 people in it. And, you know, I get that because I also thought I'm from the South. I, I, I was from, like, the South where it was, like, I thought that everything else in the South was just, you know, bumfuck. And I live in that one special oasis. I have been blessed to, to reside in the Garden of Eden. And I would think about towns like Birmingham, like, dog shit. I owe y'all so many apologies. <laughs> But what was it like being in the small town south as a black kid? Man, it really, it was wild for me because like I really just hung out with white kids anyway. Uh, and then, all the kids I hung out with were just in, like I just went to church and I went to school and I went home. Uh, so like a lot of shit I didn't even pick up on. I, I was, I spent a lot of childhood like, to an extent, like, very unaware, really, of being, like, a black kid in the South. Like, I, because, you know, I, I have, you know, I know that that's a, kind of a unique experience in its own way. Like, I, you know, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I had one very clear view of how my world was working, and I definitely, as a kid, was not open to realizing that wasn't what it was like for everybody. Right. And I think I was just such, like, uh, a happy kid. I was like, like, I was too, so like to a level of ignorance. Like, I just wasn't aware of anything. It was just no hell could have been breaking loose around me, and it's just the Rugrats theme song playing in my head. Probably <laughs> daydreaming about an episode of Saved by the Bell. Like that's all. I didn't give a shit about anything. <laughs> and then, like in high school, I got like very aware of everything, and I got very sad about it. And uh, so, so I just like turned the volume way down. Uh, <laughs> it's been it's, it's been a, a mecca for me. It's been a, a journey. Yeah, I bet. But that's dope. Now you also had another unique experience growing up, and that both your parents are deaf, right? Both my parents are blind. Are which, bl I always yeah. get. I can never remember <laughs> if they're both blind or deaf. It's blind. You know, there's something wrong with both of them. <laughs> so they're both blind. Yeah, both completely blind. Uh, my mom was born blind, and my dad lost his sight when he was 13. Uh, and so that was a whole different experience. Because I kind of like, in a way, I had to, like, I, we, like we grew up very quickly. Like, you know, from, from a very young age, we had to know how to, like, you know, do just kind of like regular household things, you know. Like, right. Organizing bills and like even you know even keeping like different you know money separate so they know what they're working with and uh, that being very involved in like grocery shopping things like that you know. I can dig it. A friend of mine, uh, one of my best friends, his mom is blind. 
And I didn't know that when we met. Yes. <laughs> he thought, I guess he thought he had told me. And one day I was at, uh, he was having a house party, him and his girl, and his parents were there. And I went to meet his mom. He introduced me to his mom. And I stuck my hand out to shake her hand. And, like, she was just, like, looking at me, like, what the fuck, you know, and I was like... No, she wasn't. And I was, like, I was like, what, uh, did I do something wrong? What's the problem? And then, that's when he was, like, his girlfriend was, like, um, what are you doing? And I was, like, what? And it was, like, he was, like, what, did he try to shake her hand? I was, like, yeah. It was, like, my mom is blind. Didn't I tell you that? I was, like, you did not tell me that. <laughs> I get you know I get that I know where it's coming from because it, it becomes like just your nature like that's how I always grew up you know like there was never anything weird about it I just had, my parents just couldn't see and like we would go to like all the a lot of their friends were blind like they were part of like the National Federation of the Blind we would go to like conventions every summer and so it was a very normal part of like growing up for me and I remember like uh I was in fifth grade and uh, I was at a new school and we were taking a field trip to go to the local theater to like, like to multiple, it was some kind of math class field trip. And I turned in my permission slip. My, you know, my parents are very active. They wanted to like sign the person themselves, still do their signature. Right. However, my And the teacher's collecting permission slips and she looks at it and mine and she looks at me and she says, Sam, did you just forget to ask your parents? <laughs> about the filter. I was like, no, I I asked them, and they signed the permission. That's how you got that permission slip. And it's like, were, did they just not think it was a good use of class time? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's a permission slip in your hand, and she said, Sam, this, this is clearly an adult did not sign this. I was like, yeah, my blind father signed that permission slip, and she thought, and she got so livid with me, like I cannot believe. <laughs> So I guess I, so I guess I do know I do know what it was like to grow up as a black kid in the south. I just thought it was something else. That makes a lot of sense. Her old racist ass. So she like takes me and like like forces me to the prince like the front office. So we're gonna get to the bottom of this right now. And she's got some permission permission slip. She goes up to the, the receptionist. Says, I need you to get this young man's parents on the phone because uh, he has forged the field trip signature and it's the uncle. <laughs> And the receptionist remembered me from moving to the school. And she's like, no, his his parent that's his dad's signature. I, just, I, I met him the day he came in. Like, they're blind. And she, her face got so red. And she just, like, kind of... <clears throat> <laughs> All right, well, uh, we should probably make sure the, the bus is ready for us. If the bus is ready, okay. No Sam, apologies, let's come back with me to class. No, no apologies. Like, like she wasn't wrong as fuck. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I just I I ended up like blocking so much of this shit and so it's like come back to me every few years. Were like, you an what, angel fire kid? <laughs> Sam, what was your what was your life like? You have some you must have so many experiences. I was just a kid. I don't know. I just read books. Like no, like interesting things happened to me. I just completely forget about them. Oh, that's well. What was it like being a teenager with blind parents? Like, could you get away with more? Or could you get away Man. with less? Because they were uh, always on top of your ass. I could have got away with so much more if I thought about it. Like, I had the, I, I'm sure I had the ability to get away with with anything, but like that, that Protestant guilt, man, they get it in you. 
deep and early that Southern religion. They dorkified uh, you. <laughs> oh yeah, they knew it. They, they had to set the foundation. They had to let me know if they weren't watching me. Jesus was. Uh, I would do uh, corny shit like if I was supposed to clean my room, I would just push everything into like a corner of the room, and then my mom would like come in and walk around to check. <laughs> And I would just kind of divert her from this one corner of the room. <laughs> we didn't give her an extra long hug right when she's about to the corner. I just love you, Mom. I just wish you how much. I appreciate you. Uh, Slowly I would, turning her around. <laughs> exactly. I would, uh, we would have to bring home, like, our, our folders in elementary school with, like, uh, you know, our weekly grades. You know, to get, like, get it signed and bring the folder back. And I would just peek through and like any grade I didn't really feel the need to be shared with the family I'll just pluck it out and toss it in the <laughs> trash my folders ended up getting a lot lighter than my brother's uh, <laughs> so it didn't last forever <laughs> that's insane I wasn't shit man I could have just studied too I don't know my dad was in school my entire life I knew how to study I just didn't want to <laughs> Right, he was an educator. Yeah, uh, life no, he was all about that shit. Yeah, <laughs> bachelor's, <laughs> master's, PhD. <laughs> Dad, you you need to retake your braille courses, Dad. I'm, what you're touching is an A. I'm, I promise. Yeah, you. My, my man, I swear. <laughs> you got enough degrees for both of us. Also, why don't, that's your thing. I don't. <laughs> ah, the rebel. No wonder you with the old miss. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy the rebel. That's what they call me. That's just saying. The one thing I remember most about Ole Miss is when we when we did that show in Oxford that night. How much like the town? Uh, it makes sense because it's in the rural south, but that town is very much anti being a college town. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember going to the square and all those bars. We did that show, and everything shut down at midnight. And it was not a fucking game. Like it fucking it was, like when we were doing the show. I remember Nick Guyton was going last. God help us. And they were like, "Listen, uh, I don't know. Whatever you got your time, but like when I give you the light at fucking eleven forty-five, shut the shit down because they're gonna turn the lights on." And clear this place out. And it was not a game. Like at 11.45, before he could wrap the setup, they turned all the lights on, turned all the TVs off. He got yeah, on stage. Yeah. I had never experienced not hanging out after a show. We didn't even get to hang out outside. <laughs> like, when them motherfuckers said they closing that shit at midnight, they meant it. Like, by the time 11.45 hit and they turned the lights on, we got paid. We got pushed out of the door of the bar. Get your ass out of here. And we got outside, and there was like 15 cop cars. They were posted on every corner, and oh, they yeah. were patrolling the streets. It looked like after a football game lets out. All those bars shut down at 1145, and the streets were flooded, and they were like, take your asses home. <laughs> we did not come here to play. And that's why, that's why folks that get too much of the foundation of partying in Oxford, they don't do well in other markets. Because in Oxford, they teach us right away that you got to get as much consumption in. <laughs> And it was a little like we were we were we were made for sprints, not marathons. And so 
we tried to fu- the first time I tried to fuck around in New Orleans, man. That, <laughs> right. I was not ready. Like, Sammy, why uh, did you head into the bar at seven? Like, because it closes at midnight. Like, no, it doesn't. Exactly. The, <laughs> n- the night has begun. What are you, doing? you? You should have supped by now, good friend. What yeah, is wrong with uh, you? Yeah, I, I imagine that's a hell of a wake up call. Yeah, yeah, going out to other places, hitting the streets at seven o'clock. Like, listen, we got to get it in before you're like, this shit doesn't close till like three. <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to be fucked up by the time that bar closed. You got alcohol poisoning. <laughs> it happens. I used to actively avoid New Orleans. I spent most of my adult life avoiding New Orleans and Las Vegas. But it's so beautiful. Of, because I felt like I had gotten into enough shit in places that weren't built around debauchery. Right. Like, New Orleans and Las Vegas celebrate that shit. So I was always scared to go. Because I was like, if I go to a place like that, I'm going to lose it. Because, like, I've hung out with mobsters in Birmingham, Alabama. (laughs) What the fuck do you think I'm going to get into in a place like New Orleans? (laughs) (laughs) And it proved right. I went to New Orleans for the first time in 2010. And, uh, yeah, got completely trashed. Here we go. On Bourbon Street. Um, ended up going back to the hotel for the after party, uh, throwing up whole pepperonis from pizza slices I had eaten on the strip. Mm-hmm. And I spent that night butt naked, laying in a bathtub with the shower running over me. <laughs> and that's how I slept, covered in my own vomit. It was a, it was a very OG on heroin? Time. What was going on? <laughs> I had too much to drink, too much dancing, too much partying. Because when we went to the bar, it was like Essence Festival weekend. Okay. And, uh, oh, you went, went. And a friend of mine from Birmingham, he's a party promoter. And so he was doing a party for Essence in New Orleans. So we went to his party. And they're serving like 32-ounce cocktails in that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And I had like three fucking Long Island iced teas. Them shits was four bucks for 32 ounces. And because I'm with the crew, I'm drinking for free. So I'm just slamming 32-ounce Long Island iced teas. Yeah, it didn't end well. Like, I was so fucked up after spending the night covered in vomit in a bathtub. I threw up on the way back to the car the next morning. And then driving, I had to pull over and open the door and throw up again. It was was a very New Orleans night. (laughs) Uh, My first one was 2014 uh, Mardi Gras weekend. And they had just brought the Megabus to Oxford. So... (laughs) Got that $2 I, ride to New Orleans. Yeah, I take a yeah, $2 bus ride to New Orleans. <laughs> so I've got one of those Camelback bottles. It's like the like the 32-ounce ones. And the plan is to, you know, fill it up half Coke, half rum, something to sip on on the ride down. Not thinking about the fact that carbonated Coke going into a Camelback, as soon as you seal it up, <laughs> it's the pressure's going to build up. And so it start, I'm getting onto the bus, and this rum Coke starts shooting out. Hits me in the eye. Uh, and so I have to wrap my mouth around it, and I'm standing at the steps of this bus because the driver won't let me on, just trying to chug down enough of this to get to chill. Finally, get to stop, and then uh, faded out for the first time halfway there at a rest stop in Jackson. We, I, I, I definitely ended that night. Uh, negative in my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I think we woke up the next morning. 
just devoured all the bacon and orange juice uh, <laughs> at the hotel. <laughs> and by 10 a.m., we were in a strip club. No dancers even out yet, but we wanted someone <laughs> to watch Ole Miss play in the NIT tournament. Uh, so we're just sitting at this this open, empty strip club off Bourbon Street, 10 in the morning, staring at beer bottles that none of us want to touch. <laughs> and then I think Ole Miss loose. lost the game. I think Ole Miss lost the game. Losing in the NIT hurts especially bad because it's a second-rate tournament. Exactly. Like you, like you feel you go in knowing that somebody has to lose, but you just feel like if we're good enough to make the NIT, that means we yeah. we just missed the NCAA tournament. We should take this all the way. And yeah, that's 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 a that's a bummer. There's <laughs> a bunch of second sons that missed their chance. <laughs> that's crazy. Let me tell you my carbonated soda and liquor story. Here we go. 2005 college. Young Jeezy had just come out, and Trapper Die. It was uh, that was the mixtape, but this was right when the, the album had dropped by then. It was uh, one on one, yeah. Thug Motivation, one on one. Let's get it, and I was getting it, and um, I was in a Walmart one day. It was close to Christmas time. Boy, <laughs> I, I know you were in school, It's close to Christmas time. I'm in Walmart, and they're selling like Christmas themed like squeezy bottles. And all these different shapes with the straw in them. And they had a, a snowman head. The snowman from the Frosty the Snowman movie. Yes. So I bought that and I was calling it the Jeezy Cup because he was the snowman. <laughs> so we went to this party, went to this house party. And at some point in the night, I started drinking beer. So I filled up the Jeezy Cup with uh, pineapple Fanta and pineapple vodka. And I stuck it in the freezer at the house we were. So we end up partying all night. And at the end of the night, I remember the Jeezy cup. And I take it out of the freezer and it's frozen solid. And I take it home. And then I put it in my freezer and forget about it. Fast forward. <laughs> like this is Christmas 2005. Fast forward to like April of 2006. I go in the freezer looking for something. I see the Jeezy cup in the back of the car. And I'm like, hey, I remember that. That's from the party five months ago. So I'm like, let's, you know, I'm having some fun. I'm playing uh, God of War on the PS2. And I'm like, you know what? I went to Arby's, got myself some food, got the Jeezy cup out of the freezer, sat it down on the floor next to me. Like, when this thaws out, I'm going to turn up. Uh, about an hour later, it stalled enough for me to drink. I literally take one sip of that old ass vodka and soda that has metastasized into some sort of syrup that is absolutely gross. One sip. Remember that. I take one sip. I'm like, this is disgusting. Pour it out. Going about my business. Man, about an hour later, I'm bubbling. Okay, I'm bubbling in Dublin. I'm fucking, my stomach is going crazy. And I'm like, it's gotta be that old ass fucking high fructose corn syrup and liquor. I go in the bathroom, man. I sit down and I start taking a shit like Harry and goddamn Dumb and Dumber. As I'm shitting, I need to throw up. 
Here we go. But I'm too busy shitting, so I just lean over into the bathtub with my ass still on the fucking toilet. I'm shitting out of one end, throwing up out of the, and I'm throwing up a lot. I had to throw up like two gallons in that first spurt. And then it just won't stop. I stopped shitting, I gotta throw up. So now I'm on my knees throwing up. Stop throwing up, the shit's back. I get up off my knees. I'm getting a full-blown cardio workout in that motherfucker. It's like I'm playing in the World Cup. My entire body is going through it. I shat and threw up out of both ends of my body for about three hours. Jesus. And it started at like one o'clock in the morning. So I just spent like the twilight hours shitting and throwing up. Every, like It's all over the wall in the shower. It's all in the tub. It's on the floor. I'm throwing up and shitting so much, I don't even have time to wipe my mouth or my ass. I'm just laying on the floor on that cool towel waiting for this 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 nightmare to subside and i've got a shitty asshole and a throw up covered mouth and it just it was one of the worst experiences of my fucking life <laughs> and and now you swear by fanta and pineapple vodka <laughs> i know i always know to keep it fresh now i will God, not man. i will not freeze liquor and soda ever again I learned yeah, my lesson. Can't, can't fuck around with that. You gotta if you don't drink on the moment. You gotta. I know nobody likes nobody likes to waste, waste alcohol. I get it. I'll, I've also been a broke college student. <laughs> Damn, yeah, we gotta leave those days behind us. Man, so glad because that was that was heroin. I told yeah. I told my roommate about it. He was like, "That cup from like six months ago." Of course, you got sick. I was like, "I'm just yeah." The, just and then the plastic. <laughs> It's a Walmart cup, so the plastic right. is steeped into the it's drink. Got also, MPBs and so shit now you got cancer on top of everything else, <laughs> and you got midterms coming up. That's not a good look, bro. It was rough. It was rough, but it was it was worth it. <laughs> Talking about uh, let's get it. Uh, reminds me, I saw I finally saw Young Jeezy this year. Uh, 27 is too old to see Young Jeezy. Uh, uh, <laughs> especially now, like, vegan slum down, got his shit together, Young Jeezy. <laughs> Happy in a relationship, not right. in the streets anymore, Young Jeezy. Like, <laughs> you saw, you saw Mr. J. Jenkins. You didn't see Jeezy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You saw Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> You saw J. Jenkins. <laughs> also, I was supposed to start moving to St. Louis in 2017, and right after I moved there, it's uh, it's March 14th. It's three one four day. <laughs> it's it's a big deal in St. Louis, I guess. And so, me and my buddy, we go to Chaffetz Arena where they're doing they they do like a a three one four show. This this like you know DJ. Was Chingy uh, was not there, but uh, <laughs> who what no. Tingy was there. Uh, Migo showed up. It was supposed to be co-headlined by Gucci and Young Jeezy. How is Nelly not uh, headlined in the three one? Because he didn't the dude, have anything better because to do the dude who runs the show, the dude who runs the show, uh, I guess is who Ashanti left Nelly for, Ooh. and so they've got like beef, and so. Uh, <laughs> The dude's name is like the city is mine. Like that's what he calls himself. Or like Saint. Oh, it's Saint Louis Slim. Like uh, mm-hmm. Saint Louis is mine. I know that. And so, yeah, and so like at the first of these concerts, he like brought Ashanti like on stage with him to like taunt Nelly. So like you know, Mr. Hayes wouldn't be caught 
<laughs> dead over there. That's not for him. He's he's too busy trying to build another hip hop school somewhere. <laughs> but this show is supposed to be co-headlined by uh, Gucci Mane and Young Jeezy. And, you know, I've been Jeezy fan my entire, you know, forever. And so, like, Gucci's there and it's like, cool, he's doing his thing. It's great. And then they tell us that Jeezy isn't going to make it because he got snowed in. It was like that weird, like, week of blizzards on the East Coast in the middle of March. The snowman got, got snowed in. Snow, yeah, you can't <laughs> make a snowman, but the weather can put on a travel van for the man. But you can't jam <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't want to see Gucci that's all it was and so now, and then I see him this year when he's he does yoga and shit <laughs> it was still like cool hearing the songs but it's a very different show you know <laughs> he's, he's, there's less starch in his jeans now that he just has a natural iron he doesn't need them all like crispy they can just be relaxed he's not wearing his USDA branded denim so. no more USDA <laughs> What is it? Uh, black tea, black ones, and a fitted cap. All right. No Mac Eleven. Uh, what? Well, no. What's the uh, Evisu jeans? What he used to always. Oh man, I think I still on. got a pair of Evisus. <laughs> probably still get two Evisus and some Kujis. Still about? got, I still got a pair of Evisus somewhere. I had the uh, the upscale Evisus. I didn't have the one with the fucking full painted stripe up and down the back. I don't know, no. dude. I had South Pole, so... <laughs> <laughs> Were you shopping out of the back of a Source magazine? JC Penny, dog. What you <laughs> talking about? Fucking South was, Pole? South Pole was the, was the urban brand of JC Penny. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had a pair of blue and white South Pole... Like the, they're like the Air Force ripoffs. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. And the last day of senior year, we were all sitting, in, it was a group of us sitting in a class, and we were going around, like, you know, sharing my truths with each other, you know, being very existential. <laughs> and, you know, and uh, it was like, I like you, but, you know, blank. And someone, someone turned to me and said, Sam, you cool as hell, but don't ever wear them goddamn South Pole <laughs> shoes no more. <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's the <laughs> then I got up and walked out, dude. They were so mean all the time. That sounds like some Mississippi Delta shit. <laughs> South poles. That's funny. I remember when I got to high school in ninth grade. Uh, I went to a school. I moved across town, literally the weekend before school started. <laughs> I didn't. So I didn't go to high school in my old neighborhood with everybody I went to elementary and middle school with. When I went to high school. I literally knew three people. It was three people who went to my middle school, and it was three people I didn't talk to at middle school. So it was a, so I basically knew nobody. And the first thing I learned in homeroom that first day was um, they did a gene check. A gene check. <laughs> they did a gene check where we have there was this guy named Pokey, because all those people went to elementary and middle school together. Pokey would get up at the start of homeroom. And everybody would have to stand up and show the tag on their jeans to make sure you weren't wearing some fucking, you know, Blues Alley or some old bullshit. I remember jean yeah. And they would run a jean check. And if you weren't wearing, like, Levi's or something, you were fucked. They were going to make fun of you. You're wearing your goodies, best old college in jeans. <laughs> See, nobody, the <laughs> nobody ever bothered to gene check me because I told kids when I was going to Salvation Army to pick up some more clothes. Like I would, 
I was excited, man. I, I mean, you could get Levi's at the fucking... Yeah. Like, you didn't have to wear the South Pole. I can't get over you wearing South Pole denims. And, like, I know that, like, you have a very slim frame. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that you earn through losing so much weight. That's natural. So you were that but, small then. And you would wear these oversized fucking... South Pole clothes. Nah, dog. They came in my size. You're <laughs> uneducated as you understand. South Pole. Like, yeah, man. I, I had, I had, I had full like matching sweatsuits. Like, I was, a, I was all about South. Oh, that was like, like your I brand. Had, like, if you that were, was my brand. it was that like was you like, were a rapper with a brand deal. Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> what it was. My, head to toe. It was my instead of no limit. <laughs> My dad gave me a very small limit financially, <laughs> and South Pole <laughs> fell within that range. No, I used to call it the Octagon. Cool, I wouldn't uh, even call it South Pole. I was, <laughs> I would say I'm rocking the Octagon today because that was what the symbol was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like the ghetto version of the North Face. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the people who live in the projects in Alaska. <laughs> like we gotta stay warm, but you know. Can't afford this. They can't afford the North Face. We got the South Pole. <laughs> yeah, Christmas does not come. <laughs> I know who I am. <laughs> see, that's see, that's the type of urban clothes you wear when you spend all your time with white people and not black yep. people. They could have told yep. you not to wear that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, they they would just look at me, and shake their head at me, and nobody would tell me what I was doing wrong. Just. Like, where's your FUBU Platinum with Fat Albert on it, buddy? We don't wear yeah. that shit. Exactly. And they were just like, they, nobody put me on about race car jackets. They, they just let me walk by on the 4-H club. And South Pole gear. <laughs> You're at the fucking 4-H club in South Pole. Listen, man, I'm not saying Killmonger was right, but I understand... How it feels to think that, you know, your people have abandoned you to this cruel world. And, you know, <laughs> your I understand your being a, a child without a nation. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I always thought that that was just some knockoff bullshit. I did not know that was J.C. Penney's in-house urban. This was wearing Their South Pole. It wasn't a that lot was of like, us, we were wearing. That was like Fatubu. It was for them by us. <laughs> 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 we're gonna call it South like what the fuck you can tell that like some white person made that up cause like what the fuck is cool about that no black person would name their company like of course a white person sat down in JCP the headquarters like we're gonna make it it's like FUBU but we're making it they had a uh, South Pole that street is not one true. of the shirts was real hip and it had all five boroughs of New York on it and I'm pretty sure two of the boroughs were wrong uh, and I'd say which two but I still don't confidently know all five boroughs they should so. have, like the Bronx Brooklyn Whitehurst fucking man Bohica uh, Philadelphia fucking Dumbo <laughs> It's got the five families of New York on it. That's fucking Brooklyn and the Genovese and the Bronx. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's insane. Feels good to come clean from our crimes. (laughs) Well, 
this 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 show is a place of healing. This is a place for you to absolve yourself of your sins because only you can give yourself that forgiveness. Oh, you got to come lay down your burdens to the <laughs> listeners because we're international now, man. We're, we're hey. everywhere. Um, you know, it started first. We brought the Jews in. My first international listeners, uh, it was Jews. It was, I had some listeners in Israel and some listeners in Ireland. And there now, now we have added New Zealand, the UK, oh, and damn. Germany to the mix. So Look at it. We're branching out, man. So this is, yeah, the, you know, lay your burdens down before the whole world. Worldwide Nevada is what they call you. Uh, like let's, let's all heal together. <laughs> we're, we all we got. <laughs> we all we got, man. They took, they took Chadwick away, too, and we all we got. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, that's one of the most shocking deaths. That shit hurt me, man. I've like, experienced in celebrity culture. Just because nobody, if, we, if we'd have known he was sick beforehand, it would have been so shocking. But for... This was just this past Friday. It's Sunday now. Yeah, like two days ago. Yeah. That shit popped up. It was just like, excuse me? It was like, like I don't know, man. It, it rocked me hard. Because I remember, I, was, I, remember uh, I used to watch Lincoln Heights when I was a kid, man, on ABC Family. And he had like ten, a little storyline <laughs> on there. And that was the first time I saw him. I was like, all right, this is you know, cool. And then I remember uh, watching... Uh, you know, forty-two for the first time, and being like, "Oh shit, that's Lincoln Heights kid." Filmed and, here in Birmingham. Yeah, there you go. Um, but it was—I I don't know—that that was he. It was like the first, at least to me, that, that I can recall, like uh, like uh, significant. It would have been like if Denzel like died, right. like right in his like prime, you know, right? Like coming off a training day or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, man. Because I didn't see the pictures of him from the video he did back in April where people were, like, saying that he was, like, super slim. Oh, yeah. He never said anything. And so, like, the magazines and shit were explaining it away as he lost weight for a role. People do go through dramatic weight loss for roles. I didn't find out about that until after he had died. So when I saw that, that video, I was like, yeah, he looks. But, yeah, like... It, it felt like he had died in a car accident or something because nobody exactly. knew he was sick. So I'm just here hanging out watching TV Friday night and it's like Chadwick Boseman is dead at 43. And I'm like, excuse me? It's like he died of colon cancer. I'm like, he died of what? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was sure it was, sure was going to be like COVID or something. And it's colon cancer. Are you? Oh, my God. Bananas, like, it was a very like, it was... It was, it was, I think also for it to just be like an illness, like it was a reminder, especially like we've, you know, there's so much of the mindset where we think about, you know, all, all the, the shootings and everything, Corona, like all these like dra- these tragedies and like epidemics that are going on. And then the fact that there's still also that the normal everyday tragedies are out there. Like, that's, it's, the, it's that's like, the worst part of the COVID situation and it not being under control. It's just like, you know, life is going to go on as normal. That's why we got to fix this shit. That's the thing about the hospitals filling up. It's like, we can't have the hospital filling up with people from COVID because people are still going to get in car accidents. People exactly. are still going to get shot, stabbed, have heart attacks, have cancer. Like, life is going to continue as normal. And this was a great example of that. It was like, nobody, when they said he was sick, yeah, it was like, everybody was expected 
damn, he must have had COVID. It's like, nah, he's had colon cancer for four fucking years. Four years. Like, so this whole time, he's been fucking the shit. He's had fucking colon cancer? It's fucking insane, man. Yeah, that was, that was that's, I think it's going to take a long time. That shock, just the situation mixed with COVID. It's going to take a long time for people to get over that shit. Yeah, man. It was fucking insane. I can't, I still don't, like, believe it. And I'm not a person that's bad with death. It doesn't bother me at all. I never get sad when people die. But that came out of nowhere. And every time I open Twitter or some shit, or, like, check the what's trending, or like, just to see what the news is, that's always the first thing. It's, like, yeah. in memorial, and I'm just like, I cannot believe this motherfucker is dead. This is crazy. I wouldn't have guessed it. In a, like, I was, like, the, literally, like, the last person I would have ever thought, like. For real. It can, it's got, it can happen. It can be anybody. I don't know. Yeah, this is a huge wake-up call for people. Yeah. Like, that thing when they were talking about, like, this is a, a huge example for, like, you never know what struggles people are dealing with. It's like, yeah, this is this is that. Because, I mean, he made all these movies, all these big-time fucking action movies, but he was being heralded as a hero and, like, upheld by black people across the world. He was going to visit fucking sick kids who had cancer, and the yeah. whole time... His ass had it too. Like that's that's an insane thing, man. This is some was, wild shit. It was very much it was like, it was like I, I I'm experiencing it as like no like from knowing he's a celebrity and from like that kind of whatever mythical perspective, but then also just like, it, like something it feels like personal to me. Like I like it it, it hurt. Like I like yeah. I've, I've I felt connected to like the roles he would play. Like just he, he brought he just brought so much to the screen. Like I yeah. Very, I very much like you know felt what he was putting out and shit, man. I, like, why couldn't I, it have been Will Smith? He let his wife is out here fucking Jesus. niggas that think they Denise Huxtable. He can go. Jesus, bro. He can go. Men in Black was a long time ago. Why didn't they just take Will Smith? Deadshot wasn't that good. Because we need more Bad Boys movies. We do not need more Bad Boys movies. Did you see that abortion that was Bad Boys 3? I I only watched it out of boredom. Like, I didn't have anything else to do. I wasn't going to go pay for it. I watched it online for free just because there was nothing else to do. And it was one of the worst movies. It was like The Room with with more black people in it. It was so fucking stupid. So <laughs> Wait a minute. When you say the room, are you talking about the A twenty four? No, uh, no, not the oh. show. Not not the not the not the Duplass brothers show and the Plas brothers. No, I'm talking about the room, the movie that where they parody in um the disaster artist, the Tommy Wiseau movie. Oh, okay, okay. That piece of that shit. Piece. <laughs> well, that's a bad movie. Bad Boys Three is just that bad. It makes no fucking sense. The only thing I do like about Bad Boys 3 is that Martin Lawrence has proven that once he gained his grown man weight, that he wasn't he wasn't going to be bothered by Hollywood ever again. Martin has not lost an ounce since he became Fat Martin. And I really respect that he's just like, listen, you want me to do these movies? I'll do them. I'm not dropping fat. a fucking pound, okay? I'm not doing it. 
ever since he had, you know, ever since he stroked out and went crazy running around in that sauna suit in Los Angeles like 25 years ago, oh, he said no more. And I really respect that Fat Martin is just here to fucking stay. <laughs> he shall not be moved. He shan't. He, sh- he, he stared at the weight room screaming, you shall not pass. Like he's not doing he's not doing cardio, he's doing nothing. Will Smith is still in the best shape of his life. And then his wife fucked Denise Huxtable and all hell broke loose. Yeah, but Will Smith's like climbing the Eiffel Tower, so they're both happy, I guess. You know what? Let them motherfuckers do their thing, you know? I just don't I just don't want to be a part of it. That's all I'm saying. I just feel bad for Will Smith because obviously he's not happy with it. Yeah, he got dragged out. Like, if he was happy with it, he wouldn't have been on TV crying about it. Like, like my theory is that Will Smith was such a corny nigga that Jada Pinkett was the prize to him. He, He had everything that comes along with being, like, a flashy little rapper dude. Mm. But he was never accepted by the black community in the streets. Like, mm. it's cool you're rapping. That's great. He won the first. He won the first Grammy for rapping. A lot of people don't. For, they either forget or don't know that Will Smith was the first person to win a Grammy in the rap category, and he boycotted the Grammys with everybody else in the rap community because they weren't going to televise it. So everybody, there's some great pictures from that too. But every, all the black people. They boycotted the Grammys because they were going to give them a Grammy for rapping, but they weren't going to put it on TV, so they boycotted. But Will Smith won the first Grammy, and I think that everybody saw him as corny, which, I mean, what do you expect from a nigga named Willard? I mean, Willard, he, Willard the second, too, so he was raised by a corny nigga. So you can't expect him to not be corny as fuck, but he could never get with women like Jada Pinkett. And because she was willing to talk to him, I think she told him, listen, you, we can be together, but like, I'm not going to stop fucking other niggas. I'm not, I'm doing my thing. Okay. I'm in love with Tupac and Damn. I'm a street chick and I'll be with your lame ass, but you got to be willing to let me fuck any nigga I want to. And he agreed to it because he wanted his prize. But you can tell that this open relationship he agreed to, he's not happy with it. Because when she dragged his ass on Facebook TV to tell him when we were separated, I fucked our son's friend, that nigga was in tears. <laughs> and so like, if you agree to this, why are you crying? And it's because he, he doesn't really want to do it. But he, he has to have his prize. <laughs> Did you see the same thing as, uh, came out about that uh, the president of liberty university jerry falwell jr yeah his uh their son's friend is now saying that uh he hooked up with the mom like well, last well, his dad college. watch yeah of course well, the dad watch the dad watched that too God damn. i can believe it because they had because the dude who this started with he was like their pool boy right and it's just like why the fuck is the pool boy traveling around with you you're not traveling around with a fucking pool there's no reason, wherever you go to where there's a pool, they've got somebody to take care of that. Why the fuck is the pool boy on your private jet to Hawaii? You don't pay less if you bring your own pool boy. <laughs> you know, like, you brought the pool boy, but you didn't bring a maid? Like, come on, dog. That doesn't make any sense. He's got to be fucking her, and he was. And I believe it, because we all know that, you know, we're both from the South. So we're very exposed to the hypocrisies 
oh, yeah. of the people who claim to live in the glory of the Lord and for nothing but. So it makes perfect sense that this evangelical douchebag, little rich kid, was out here watching his wife get banged by anybody who wanted to fuck her. Because that's just, that's just how they do it. That's just how they fucking do it. So I'm not shocked. Yeah. <laughs> but shout out to Jerry Falwell Jr. though. I mean, you know, shout out to him. Maybe he's listening. This show is for everybody. Even he's if he's I got more time on his hands now. Even if I disagree with whatever your, your politics are, your lifestyle, whatever it is, I disagree with about who you are. You can listen to the show. It's for you. Come on Hit in. Subscribe. You watching you watching your wife get banged out by the pool boy? I mean, it ain't my style. But more power to you, because I mean, I gotta be honest. If he would approach me to fuck his wife while he watched, I'd have did it. But that's that's the type of dude I am. I like stories, you know. I like adventure. I'd have done it. I no, they never went to Liberty University. That's what you're missing out on. They don't want stories from. They want somebody's gonna keep their mouth shut. Well, I mean, my I like my own personal stories. Like, I like to I like to have stories for me to remember. I like making memories. Sure, that's a better way to put it. Right. I like making great memories. So I'd have fucked his wife and let him watch. I didn't have a problem with it. I once peed on a dude and his wife while they had sex behind a bar. I got paid for it. I would have done it for free, but they offered to pay me before I said I'd do it for free, and I didn't want them to think I was being disrespectful, you know? Is, is it rude <laughs> if I ask how much you made? 320 smackers. $320? Mm-hmm. Shit, all right. Like, I knew the wife. I had never met her husband, but I knew of him because I knew her. But we were hanging out at a bar in Nashville, and it was his birthday, and that was the first time I had that was that was the first time I had actually met him. And uh, slowly but surely, man, at some point in the night, he he they both came up to me. He was kind of standing back; he was a little standoffish, and she came up to me and was like, "Listen, it's you know it's his birthday, and we I want to make one of his fantasies come true. Like, would you be willing to pee on us?" while we had sex and we'll pay you $320. That's all I got. Like, is that enough? And I was like, yeah, let's fucking do it. I was ready. But I was raised to not interrupt people when they're talking and that's how I got the money. I had to let her finish because she could have stopped at will you pee on us question mark and I'd have been like, let's fucking go. Because <laughs> I like having those kind of memories. But I made $320 and I did it. You know, I didn't have to have sex with anybody. He didn't look at me. I didn't, you know, I didn't touch her. I didn't touch him. It was just them having sex, and it was like they were in the rain. But instead of it being scattered showers of water, it was my urine. <laughs> now, what what would you have done if the moment had come and you hadn't had to pee? Like, what was the... Had, had you taken the money up front, or was it like half now, half when the job's done? No, I, I wasn't doing a hit on somebody. <laughs> I was doing a hit. I got the money up front, but we waited. We waited till I had to pee. Like they gotcha. Okay, like okay, we had, that's good. You know, because of course, you know, he was a little shy about it. So, so course, you, you went back in. You had a drink. You chit chatted a little. Yeah, bit. We, like we well, we didn't talk. We just we just sat there and drank. I guess she went back and told him I was down. He needed a little more liquid courage, sure. and so they bought us. They bought like two rounds of drinks. I downed a couple beers. I downed like three beers in like 20 minutes and then threw some water on top of that and then we went out back and boom, I unleashed uh, Niagara Falls. 
right. You still talk to them? Yeah, I do. That's beautiful, man. That's a good time. That's beautiful. <laughs> it is, man. It's beautiful. It's That's what life is all about. Making memories, making moments, and being open to new experiences, you know? It was it was a wonderful thing. It was a great time, and I'd do it again. I'd do it again. <laughs> to all the listeners out there. Yeah, to everybody listening, all the way over in New Zealand, if you want to fly your boy out for some piss play, I'm game. <laughs> now, would you would you consider bottling it, you know, and sending it out with like a spray dispenser? Um, or do you, or do you need? Is that not? You need to be. I need to be there. I got it. I got it. But you're not. You're you're, you're not just some passive tool. You're an active part of this. Memory. Well, I I, I, I do that for somebody I wasn't around. Like if like if somebody in New Zealand was like, I want I want your pee involved in our sex, but sure. there's a travel ban because of COVID. Then That's not yeah. If they were willing to pay the shipping and handling, then I bottle something up and send it over to Kiwi Land. You know. It's, it's, you know, this piss is for everybody. I want my piss to be ubiquitous. (laughs) The leadership we need in 2020, I'm telling you. I might run. Well, it's too late. (laughs) I'm going to let Biden handle this one. 2024, I might get on the ballot. (laughs) There we go. That's it. Piss for everybody. That's it. A chicken in every pot and piss on every back. (laughs) (laughs) The concise platform. No frills. I love it. What about you? What kind of kink, what kind of kinky shit have you been getting into running around in the Delta and St. Louis? Who have you been pissing on? What have you been doing? I've been pissing on just uh, pissing on everybody's uncle on Facebook comments. <laughs> That's how your boy gets down. Come on, man! I know you're a kinky fella. I know you're out here doing I, things. I, I don't talk much about my kinks, man. I uh, I was a uh, I was, it was, it was still, it's that, it's that Bible belt in me. I get real tight. Uh, in high school, uh, my first experience with a porn were LimeWire downloads. I had a, like, st- I, I had two profiles on my laptop. One was like my, whatever, <laughs> account that I would use. And then I had another account where I had all of my uh, LimeWire porn saved. Was it called Library Files? That's what my it, friends used to do. Used it was backup die. library files. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's where you had all your points, library files. It's a place nobody would ever look for anything. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my brother found out about it and ratted me out to my dad. Uh, so I don't trust anybody with my memories now. They all stay up here. I'll lock up on the kinks. How could he prove that but, to your dad that that was what was in library? You could have said that. Because I ain't have no creep about me, like, dude. Dad, I got... You can't see the screen. He's on titties.com. That's not my computer profile he's on. He's on titties.com. Trust me. I got nervous and my voice got high and uh, <laughs> as the sweat dripped down and splashed up on this he filled his face and he knew he knew what the fuck was up. He could have told him anything, man. He couldn't see the screen. He'd be like, Dad, listen, I, I know what he just told you, but I promise you right now. It says, Dad, he's a it says kid, the Care Dad. Bears. But he's playing the audio from something else. Trust me on this. <laughs> That's hilarious. Download porn on LimeWire. 
That remember those days? <laughs> that yeah, and like Kazaa and Bear Share. Oh, Bear Share, uh, Winamax. Yeah, I remember when like I think Kazaa was before LimeWire. Yeah, that was my first experience with downloading your own porn. That was in the days of dial-up. It took like twelve hours to download a six-minute clip of porn. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I remember you had to have, like, the that was back in the days when every family had a computer room in their house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, you'd have to know, you'd have to wait till your parents were, like, out of town or some shit to download porn. Because if you wanted to download, like, a four or three-hour porn, you needed, like, 21 hours. So you needed to know nobody else was going to touch the computer. I And, and you know, my, my wild ass, the first thing I downloaded on that type of shit was that's when I got my first taste of bestiality porn alright cause like that's I had heard about it you know of course but I didn't think it was real like most people when you hear that you're like there's no way people actually have sex with animals and there's damn sure no way they film it to like regular porn <laughs> as if there's enough people into it and soon as I got my hands on cause uh, I started downloading bestiality porn and it was very real <laughs> I saw so many women sucking off horses and donkeys and fucking them. It was wild. It was insane. Oddly enough, the first one I saw, it was a man sucking off a horse. And he was deep throating that thing. And it takes a lot to deep throw a horse. Because even if you deep throw a horse, he still got like 12 inches of cock left. Like, horse dicks are huge. Like, fucking... Horse dicks are like fucking 26 inches long. So, like... <laughs> Even if you deep throat it, which is a feat, it's like there's still so much dick left. It was fucking weird. <laughs> this has stuck with you for a while, hasn't it? You, have you ever tried reaching out to this fella? No, but I, if I could, you know, maybe he's listed. I want, I want all the people out there who are into bestiality and performing it to know that. Uh, I know there are a lot of people against what you're doing. <laughs> I know there are a lot of people who say the animals have no choice in it, and you know, maybe they don't know. Maybe you and that sheep are in love. I don't know what your relationship is, but I just want you to know, from Rod to you, I'm not judging it. Uh-huh. I wouldn't fuck one of these animals, but if that's how you get down, you know, we can still be friends. I mean, who you fuck is your business. <laughs> Yeah, Rod's not judging you. I'm judging you. I'm judging you. If you fuck yes, animals. That's, that's, that's lions. That's L Y O N S. I'm not judging. I want you to listen to the podcast. I still think you should have health care, but that's about all I can do for you. Now, that's the real love that dare not speak its name. <laughs> and I say do it. Also, um, if if you are discreet enough in your business, I would like to see that in person. If I could. <laughs> like, okay, so you're judging them, but like, if somebody, if you were somewhere and a person was about to fuck an animal, do, would you leave? Um, I would leave. I have, listen, I, I've suffered from FOMO my entire life, but I would leave 100%. If somebody is, I'm ta- if I can, I'm taking that animal with me. <laughs> Get that sucker to safety. That's that's some cock blocking for you. It's, that's that's who I am. It might I'm be a little cock blocking. They might have been about to fuck a rooster. 
I don't know, man. Man's gotta have a code. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, I've actually I've seen it in person once, and I was in shock. Uh, I was in England. I was in England, and uh, you know, we went to the we saw the seedy underbelly of of English society. And we went to this club that seemed like it was in a dungeon somewhere. It looked like where Jack the Ripper hung out. It was, like, very secretive to get into. And we get in there, and it starts off with just, like, regular, um, what's it called? Burlesque, right? It's just normal burlesque. It's a little extreme. You know, it's the, the women with the, with, the, with the blade. They're using the saw to saw in their metal underwear and shooting sparks and shit like that. You know, it's, 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 it's typical burlesque. And then... Uh, they bring out this Dalmatian that looked like a fucking horse. Those things, I don't know if you know, but they're not as small and cute as they are that the Disney would have you believe. Dalmatians uh, can get as big as fucking uh, Great Danes. Those things are huge. And they bring out this Dalmatian, and this woman's like on the couch doing this little sexy strip tease and shit. Then they bring the dog out, and I'm thinking it's going to be some mom and pop meat and potatoes typical bestiality. You know, she's going to slap some peanut butter on her pussy. He's going to lick it off. I thought it was going to be that. But then I saw them palpating his uh, little red dick. Oh, Jesus. And uh, he was sniffing around that thing and getting rather erect and rather aroused. And then he stuck his big Dalmatian dick in that lady's pussy. And uh, I was like, holy shit. Is there more? Like, <laughs> they just said fucking... Jesus Christ. Like, they fucked for like 20 minutes. It was like some real sex. <laughs> it was wild. And then, after, then after that, a woman came out juggling dildos. And I was like, you should have put her on before this. You can't follow somebody fucking a dog. Yeah, that's a dog shit lineup. <laughs> that would be like fucking Dave Chappelle coming out. And the show you're on, and then you're like, all right, now you get the headlines. Like, I'm not going behind fucking a Dave Chappelle drop in at this little independent show. Jesus Christ, <laughs> you, you know, you know, you're on different levels than me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. <laughs> I was not ready. I was not ready. Yeah, I've been ten toes down in the freak game since like junior year of high school. Jesus. Maybe before that, honestly. Do you? Because <laughs> one of the reasons I don't believe in going to like strip clubs is because when I was in middle school, I used to give girls a dollar to see their titties. And so I feel like as, as an adult, it's just like, I'm not paying to see no titties. Am I a child? Like, where's the pussy? Who's going to fuck me? I don't want, I'm not giving somebody $10 to look at no titties. I used to see titties for money in middle school. Who's fucking? <laughs> Jesus! I don't believe in that. Like, I, I thought I understand you uh, on a on a deeper level after this. This has been an experience. This has been a memory of my own. That's good, man. See now you're making memories. <laughs> now next time we see each other, it's gonna be a whole oh, different man. level of intimacy and understanding. <laughs> I'm just going to wave at you awkwardly from the other end of the bar. <laughs> Blush, take my name off the bill and walk out. Don't, be, don't do me like that. I would never. I would never. You're my boy. You're my boy, Blue. You're my motherfucking boy. 
So how how are things? You've got a girlfriend, right? I do. Yeah. We're up here quarantining together. It's oh. me, her, and my mom. Oh yep. yeah. How is it's, that going? It's good. It's cool, man. I, I'm just I live with two white women now, so it's basically just. <laughs> It's mostly just watching them gush over IKEA products, man. <laughs> we got one of those uh, glass water bottles with like the bear trap cork opening. They, they so they're just they're, they're just, just been their quarantine purchasing accoutrement. They're floored by it. <laughs> like, oh look at this! It's an eagle's beak, but it's a letter opener. Like, we don't need that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good, man. So, see, COVID hasn't turned you into an incel. Yeah. You still get yeah, to have bro. sex. I'm alive. You still get to have sex. That's beautiful. Most <laughs> most of us out here aren't experiencing that. Got a lot. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. locked down separately. Yeah, for all the single men like your boy, you know, <laughs> we're all separated. Yeah. It takes a lot, you know, because you got to make sure... She's quarantining herself before you can just let her come through, or you go over there. You gotta be. You gotta be. You gotta be doing tests and shit. You gotta be extra safe. And that's weird to be fo- so focused on having safe sex now when you don't use condoms in the first place. And like now, <laughs> now safe sex is like making sure that person will give you a fucking pandemic disease that could kill you, or fuck your heart up after two weeks. Like, but you know. You still gotta go raw. I mean, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Like, Wrap that shit up. You can't let you can't let COVID change you that much. <laughs> All right. Now, man, it's been it's been cool. We just been honestly just binging everything under the sun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we uh we got a she's got a guitar that she plays, and we went and bought a, a keyboard. So we're starting to like you know work on making music and shit and. Like the white stripes, but a color. Like the white stripes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the black and white stripes. That's it. That's right. <laughs> oh, are y'all going to put it out to the world? Uh, Eventually, something will come out of it. <laughs> I, mean, I might have to. It's, it's going to be released at 3 in the morning. <laughs> it's going to be called Please Don't Make Fun of Me, I'm Vulnerable. <laughs> and it's going to be uh, a bunch of 32-second voicemails from my phone. <laughs> of my half-mumbling raps that I'm afraid to say too loud in case the neighbors can hear me. <laughs> What's the name of the band? The name of the band, uh, Flowers in the Alley. Flowers in the Alley. That's a, that's a dope alley. name. Flowers in the Alley. It sounds like the alley uh, of art in uh, Columbus, Mississippi. Oh, there's that. They've got this alley down there, like near downtown, that's uh, dedicated to some artists from from Columbus. But it's like it's beautiful. It's got lights and shit everywhere. Got a real good blowjob in the alley one night. <laughs> Didn't we do a, a Columbus show together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A Mandy Lacken show. Yeah, we did Princess Theater. Yeah, man, I remember that shit. That's where all the shows are. It might have been that night. It might have been that night when I got the the blowjob in the under some at a portrait of sunflowers or some shit. <laughs> it was a mural. <laughs> and I got my dick sucked, and then we both pissed outside. There you go. It was lovely. It was it was it was right out of a Nora Ephron screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Got it. Plays in the background. That's it, man. We're, we're living. We're living it up in the alley. Good times. <laughs> the most memorable thing shows? about that blowjob was after it was over with, and we went and met back up with everybody. Uh, when we got to the other bar, she licked her friend's face and said, "That's his dick you're tasting." <laughs> See, I would have called it a night there. Anyway, that's cool. It's like in the office, Jim talks about you, you know, the key, like getting out early, is to always make sure you stay long enough for an interesting moment to prove you were there. That's the interesting moment. I'm like, cool, thank you. Got my story. Check, please. Oh, that's great. I'm not doing um, any stand up shows, buddy. You're not doing uh, anything? I've like been this? completely on lockdown now. What happened to me was. I did my last show February 1st. It was a Saturday. That was the last time I was on stage. Uh I had the rest of the month off, and then I was going to hit the road. I was about to hit the road as soon as May hit. Not May, May, March. March. I was going to fucking North Carolina. I had a weekend coming up in fucking Arkansas. I was booked, man. And then this shit happened. And I immediately just pulled myself off all the tickets because... You know, I, I take the situation very seriously. So when other people were asking if the show was canceled or they were wondering whether or not they were going to cancel the show, on my end, it was canceled. <laughs> it was just like, you know, you can go on with it if you want to, but your boy won't be there. And uh, so I'm not doing shows. And I refuse to do uh, Zoom shows because it's very dumb to me. I mean... More power to the people who are doing it. I understand why showrunners are doing it. I understand why other comics are doing it. If that's what they want to do, that's cool. But that's not stand-up comedy, and I'm not telling jokes from my dining room table for nobody. I'm just not going to do it. You know, I I can I feel where you're coming from, especially like you have a your. I feel like your humor is very much like meant to be felt in person. Uh, but I mean, I've been I've done I've done a few Zoom shows and like. On, like Google Hangouts and like Twitch, and they—they, I mean, they're definitely different. It's definitely an adjustment. But <laughs> audience of six other comedians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not looking for ugly mugs on performance, uh, but I will. You know, like I'll pull up. Uh, you know, I do like the green screen, whatever, with like, the stage behind me, and like I have like a monitor, and I'll pull. I'll, maybe I'll put up like pictures of audience members, or like you know, I'll I'll, I'll have my friends are here, like watching your own NBA bubble audience. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like if it works for the NBA, it can work for me too. But it's it's definitely an adjustment. But it's it's still I, I get that feeling in a different way. I'm waiting on the real thing. All right. I'm waiting on it. So I'm just I'm just waiting till next year. So I'll just do the podcast. I'll just use social media and the podcast to get all my yucks out until I, I can actually go back on stage. Because some people are starting to do stage shows again, and it's just like, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've done, I did one indoor show where they were doing uh, temperature checks, <laughs> masking the table and everything, cleaning out the mics in between sets, and then I did an outdoor show with, like, the same basic thing. Nobody's taking so, my temperature that's not a doctor. <laughs> fair enough. I'm not letting the nigga who's washing dishes at some comedy club take my goddamn temperature <laughs> to tell me it's okay to do a show in the middle of a fucking viral pandemic. 
Ryan. That's not doing that shit. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, I'm Jim. I'll be your waiter. Uh, can I start you off with something to drink? Also, I need to take your temperature. Get the fuck out of here, though. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> so is that your standpoint? Like, are you not going to go in anywhere that's going to require a temperature check? Nowhere. Nowhere. Because it. it's not enjoyable to me. Like, take take the the precautions aside for your own personal safety and the safety of others. There's nothing relaxing in it. Like, when you go to a comedy show, you got to have fun. There's nothing fun about somebody needing to take your temperature before you sit down to see if it's safe for you to be there. That's not a relaxing environment to me. I want to be in a place trying to enjoy myself where people are wearing masks and gloves and doing temperature checks and making sure people are sitting fucking 12 feet apart. It's not fun. So I'm not I'm not going. <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> Like, no, I want to relax. Because, like, everything about comedy is very anti-social distancing. Mm-hmm. Like, we hang out. We're all standing, like, right in each other's faces, screaming and yelling, and we're smoking cigarettes, and we're smoking weed, and we're drinking drinks. We're laughing. We're having a good time. Everybody's in this huge cloud of everything coming out of everybody's mouth. You can't social distance and tell jokes, at least and not have a good time in my eyes. I just can't. I can't take that. I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> All right. It's like sex without kissing. Unless you're with a prostitute, that's not enjoyable. It's not enjoyable then either, I don't think. I don't... Like, I'm very pro-prostitution, but I'm very anti-John. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, like, I don't see a problem with people being prostitutes or sex workers if that's, For sure. if that's what they prefer to be called. I don't see a problem with somebody like being a prostitute. I don't see a problem with somebody employing the services of a prostitute. It's just something that's not for me. But I get it. I mean, get down. But for me, it's just like, I don't I don't want that kind of rigid sexual experience. It's like, let me lay down some ground rules before you stick your dick in my pussy. Like, that's, that's a turn off. <laughs> it's fucking... <laughs> I like a little temperature check. <laughs> I mean, if you and we're talking fingers in the arsehole, please check my oil. You know what I'm talking about? Make, make sure everything's working for me. Please, please check my oil levels. Yeah, please put a finger in my ass. But, you know, like I like to have my mouth spit in. You can't do that. There you go. COVID, and you can't do that with the prostitute because you don't know where she's been. And that might be too close to kissing for her. So, yeah, I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't want that shit, man. Like, we've all met women on the street who try to lay down all these ground rules for the sex. It's just like, you can keep it. This is weird. Like, like we're here. We're both consenting to this. I'm all right with you saying, you know, wear a condom. But all of this fucking, like, don't. This position is off limits. You know, stroke at this speed. We can't kiss. Like, don't. Don't talk. Don't talk. Like I don't. I don't. No, thank you. I'm good. Don't talk. Yeah. Some people are like that, man. Damn. People are weird. People are weird. It's the it's the people. It's like kinks are not what makes sex weird. 
It's right. people with weird old personalities that make sex weird. Like, the kids yeah. are perfectly fine. It's the weirdos who fuck it up. Like, fucking peeing on people, you know, somebody who wants you to stick a fucking a remote control in their ass or something. That's not weird. Go for it. It's the people who are like, we can't kiss. Don't call me baby. Like, the fuck are you talking? Get the fuck out of here. What the fuck is wrong with you? Could you stay silent during the sex, please? You're throwing off my rhythm. Like, get the fuck out of bed with that weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> No weirdos. No fucking weirdos. Weirdos are off limits to you, boy. I don't want your weird sex. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Is that the name of the next album? Yeah, that's the name of the next album. I don't want your weird sex. projects are you working on besides this this music thing man uh i'm trying i'm trying to get more back into writing uh and like i'm just like i i did i had like a real busy august like you know the in-person online shows like i'm not booking anything else for myself and i want to just focus more on writing but like everything and that just means like writing new jokes or like expanding on shit that i've been like using for years but i've never tried to build off of uh, I want to try to write a script of something. I don't know if it's going to be like a show or movie or one off. Don't include the pandemic in it. Don't include the pandemic. That's the one thing right. nobody's looking forward to. Wait, we all know it's coming. Is another pandemic, but we show. all dread it. Is that there's people, already one on Hulu called "Love in the Time of COVID"? Right, and it's just like, come on, man. But that's it's different. It's kind of different that it's happening now. Yeah. But the problem is, like, when we come out of this shit. I need comics to not come on stage with this Corona talk. I need there to not be movies and TV shows about this shit. Like, just, let's just act like it didn't happen. Let's remember it. Let's treat it like 9-11, you know? Like, we made movies about exactly what happened on 9-11. There was only, like, two of them. And then we put that shit to bed. Then we remember every fucking September 11th. We don't need you fucking... So you guys happy to be out of the house? Like, motherfucker, we've been locked up for two years. You damn right. We don't want to talk about this shit. Make Move with on. the yucks. <laughs> hate that shit. Make, make with the yucks. <laughs> that's it. Make with that's that's just good advice for comedy. Period. Can you just make with the yucks? Cut the preaching. Cut the proselytizing. Cut all the rest of this shit. Just make with the fucking yucks, my man. <laughs> Cause I feel you on that trying to write thing. Cause yeah. I write my jokes as shit happens daily. Like I don't just sit down and write. I just fucking something pops into my head based on a conversation or something I saw or something I experienced, and I write it down. And because life has been a complete standstill for six months, I have literally written like five or six jokes this entire time because there's nothing to write about nothing's happening the energy is just off <laughs> it sucks it sucks I hung out with a friend for the first time in this thing the other night like Friday night I went I went to see a comedian and uh, you know we just we sat on his porch drinking and talking and you know we were like fucking 12 feet apart not even 6 we were like yeah. 12 feet apart and it was like, you know, the first time we'd seen each other since like sometime last year. And it's just like, yeah, like it felt so good to get those comedy hangs back in because I've been missing the fuck out of that. 
Hell yeah. Yeah, we did a... I did, I've been doing this, a storytelling show. We had, like, a live show. Well, we did, you know, virtual. And then the other host, like, lives in St. Louis. So we invited, like, all the storytellers. And she's got, like, this huge, you know, patio deck in her backyard. And we were all able to, like, sit out separately with our own chairs and, like, just talk. It was, like, it was nice, like, after doing a show, being able to, like, all that excess energy go somewhere and, like, release it. Yeah. That's, what's, that's, that's what I've been, been enjoying about doing the podcast. Like, that's why I do it over video chat and then just record the audio because it's like, it's like hanging out again. Exactly. You know, we see each other, we're talking, we're laughing, we're drinking, we're smoking. It's a good damn time. There you go. I miss the fuck out of this shit. <laughs> I'm seeing all the people I would have been seeing for the last six months all over the place. Because like when you do comedy, you just run into people all across the fucking country, you know? Because, you know, people are always in town doing different shows. There's not one comedy club and one comedy show. So you just shoot to a town to do a show and you run into somebody you hadn't thought you'd see mm-hmm. until next year sometime. So we're we're missing all of that shit. And it fucking sucks. <laughs> My God, I mean, the new friends you make doing comedy is one of the biggest perks about the shit. That's how we know each other. We would have never yeah, met exactly. if I hadn't exactly. fucking come to Mississippi to do a show. Like, and the next thing you know, you're in fucking Nashville for a week, and we're right back at it. Like, that's that's, that's, that's one of the most beautiful things about doing stand up comedy. I was listening to your uh, the episode with Dwayne uh, earlier, the Dukester, <laughs> Dookie Cupcakes, Dookie Cupcakes. <laughs> And I was like, fuck, I miss these motherfuckers, man. Dick sucking this ninth grader in <laughs> 2006. <laughs> God, that shit blew, man. When he told us about that award, though, that shit, that shit still tickles me to this day. That nigga won gay as freshman. Arts. That's some of the funniest things in the fucking world. <laughs> At an all boys Catholic school. That's a stiff competition. Oh, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, believe in yourself. <laughs> All right. Hey, you got to go out there and be the best gay you can be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, the competition is going to be fierce. But you got an advantage. There's nothing but boys here. <laughs> the numbers are in your favor. It's the straight people that are suffering. <laughs> oh, man. You just, you just living in a sea of dicks in religion. You're in the catbird seat. <laughs> There's nothing but secret gay dudes here. <laughs> you you in the lead, buddy. You got pole position. Again, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Shout out to Dwayne Duke, man. <laughs> Cleveland's finest. <laughs> Cleveland's finest. Book him on something when this is all over. Please do. Like, He's he's suffering big time right now, you know, because he lived on the road. That motherfucker stayed on the road. Like, yeah. he literally lived on the road. Like, he got rid of his fucking apartment because he was spending all his time on the road doing shows. So, this, like, is especially hard for somebody like him who's fucking, like, on the road 45 weeks out of the year. And it's like, you got to go sit in one spot, you know, TBA, goddamn. <laughs> so, that shit sucks. How soon do you think we get out of this? If people can chill the fuck out, do what they need to do, 
I think we could be, or I'll put it this way. I went ahead and bought tickets for Riot Fest next September in Chicago. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I think it would be like a miracle if we were back to normal by next September. So that's like my like my my stretch goal, my wish. So you give it a year. I do think by September of next year we can have we 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 have the means and the resources now that we can manufacture appropriate like suit wear mm-hmm. that one could like put on and be able you know like that serves like a mask a hazmat suit. Like a hazmat suit, but that you could be comfortable wearing in, in the Chicago fall for three days. I feel you. I I don't think we come out of this as long as Trump's in office. That also. I that think that if Trump wins re-election, we're not getting out of this. We're, we're never. It's going to take, by the end of that four years, you know, so many people will be dead, it won't matter. But I think that if we can get Trump out, we'll be out of this shit. When is the, when is the inauguration? January? January. Because, you know, Biden and, and and his crew, the Democrats will institute a nationwide mask policy. They'd institute a nationwide quarantine. Because mm-hmm. that's what we need. That's the part that sucks the most about this. It's just like, if you would just fucking give everybody a certain amount of money and make them stay at home for two months and make people wear a mask wherever they went, we would be done with this shit. We're going on six months. All we needed was two. And I think that Trump will never, he would never acquiesce himself to, to those type of rules and regulations because he doesn't care. It's not that he's, it's not so much that he's a bad president. It's just that he's not supposed to be president. It's opposite, yeah. So he doesn't, he doesn't understand what, that type of leadership is like. He doesn't have the capacity to be a good leader because mm-hmm. he's not supposed to be. He wasn't even a fucking alderman before he was president of the fucking United States. He has no political acumen. He does not know how this works. He wasn't even president of the student council or some shit. He does not know how this works. So he's running this shit the way he's supposed to be running it. That's, I think that's one of the biggest things people aren't realizing is that they keep criticizing his presidential qualities and shit. And it's just like, he's not supposed to be president. So right. none of this shit you're saying matters to him. He want, he did not want to win this shit. He just wanted another book deal and another three fucking season arc of the fucking apprentice. But these dumb fucks rallied around him and made him president. So now he's got to do this shit for four years, but he doesn't want to be president. He shows you that every day. He does all the things that would keep a president from getting reelected. He does not want to win in November. He'll take it because he doesn't have shit better to do. But he's doing everything he can to make sure even Republicans don't want him to be president. And it's happening. So he shouldn't. If he wins in November, he might just resign. He might just be like, I, I'm not doing this shit again. He hates this shit. He's fucking. He does not want to be president. And that's why he's so terrible at it. And the more people yell, you're a terrible president, the more he just shrugs his shoulders like, the fuck yeah, do you no. expect from me? I'm not even a good businessman, and that's what I do. 
So of course I'm not a good fucking president. Like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? I didn't used to be governor or some shit. I'm a terrible businessman. And you want to get in my face about how I'm a bad president? Like, fuck you. This is your fault. And it is. So if we can get Biden to win, we'll be out of this shit by March. If Trump wins, we're never going to get out of this shit. Because he'll never care. There's nothing that could happen. He'd have to lose one of his children or some shit to COVID. Because just look at how he reacted to losing Herman Cain. That was one of his supporters. That was one of his quote-unquote blacks. He died from this shit. And Trump was like, what the fuck ever? He doesn't care. So if we if, if COVID doesn't take one of his children or if it doesn't affect like him... Four years later, it will just be at six million deaths and it won't fucking matter. So, we got to get the Democrats in office. Register. We're fucking doomed. <laughs> Register to vote. Find out your uh, state's requirements and regulations for mail in and absentee ballots. Like right now. Now. Like right today. As you're listening to this, you this should isn't... be Googling Am I registered? If not, how do I register? And what is the protocol for voting early? Go vote tomorrow if you can. Yeah. Whatever this is not the do. election to be saying, oh, I want to hear out and and see what, how these candidates sound closer to that. This is as close as we get. We got to yeah. be ready. But yeah, you can't up. care. Nobody cares how you feel about Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Like, if you feel like they'd be terrible in office, that's fine. But they can't be as bad or worse than what we have now. So we got to get them in there. We need a new cabinet. We need a new everything. We need new people in charge of all these departments. Get the fuck up. Go vote ASAP and and get Trump out of office. This isn't even a fucking anti-Republican thing. It's an anti-Trump thing. Like Get him up. The Republicans would be fine, but we can't have one now because what we got is Trump and Mike Pence. And so we gotta we gotta get over that shit. Asaptually. Boom. <laughs> so Sam, tell the people where they can find you online, man. Yeah, man, you can find me uh on Twitter and Instagram at Wu Tang Sammy. Wu Tang Sammy. That's right. Uh Facebook, the never updated Sam Lions Comedy. <laughs> YouTube, Sam Lions Comedy. You can find uh my dog shit videos from four years ago. There's a video of me uh, pretending to be Ray Charles. There's a, there's a video. Go to YouTube and put in Ole Miss Pinterest ad. <laughs> and there's a video that I did with the Ole Miss marketing team in like 2013. Go watch that video. I need to watch that video. And then, t- and then tweet at Wu-Tang Sammy and let me know how much you would pay for me to spit in your mouth. <laughs> Mad After man. watching that video. Booyah. Check him out on OnlyFans. <laughs> mouth spitting. Hit him up. Low King Mouth Spit. <laughs> Low Key Mouth Spit. Just a damn a do you. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on the show, bro. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was... Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you laughed. I hope you smiled. I hope you learned something. 
Hope it puts you in a good mood. Or if you're already in a good mood, hope it puts you in a better mood. Um, had a lot of fun. Big shout out to all my guests and telling some great stories. It's a real good time, man. Anyway, uh, you know, check back in with us soon. We'll have a all new episode going. I want you to know I love you, and I, I hope you love yourself and, and love everybody else. The number to the National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. The number to the Trans Lifeline is 1-877-565-8860. Hit them up if you, if you need to talk about some things or something's troubling you. Hell, hit me up. I don't really sleep until the sun comes up like a vampire. So hit your boy up, man. If you got my number, call me You know when you need to talk. Text me. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram. Whatever. You can email me at rodforshort at gmail.com. And if you, you're feeling generous, hit your boy with a donation on the Cash App. That's Cash Tag. Dollar sign, Rod for short, R-O-D, number four, S-H-O-R-T. Hit me up on Venmo, at Norado Moore. And uh, I think that'll do it, man. Holla at you.